Hello, listener, and welcome back to uh, Barking Bolters. Uh, today we'll be going over um, book one again of Horus Rising, the first book of the Horus Heresy series. Um, we'll be talking about part two of the book, so uh, yes, yeah, stick around. And today with us we have um, myself, Heath, the resident loyalist in all things audible and horse heresy based knowledge wise um we got uh myself jake um resident expert of conspiracy nonsense and equipment uh myself luke uh more of a xeno chaos kind of guy scum okay <laughs> you and your corpse throne can shut up scum and today we have a new uh, voice. Voice, uh, our mixer um, editor, editor, newcomer that has nothing to do with Warhammer. That's going to ask stupid questions exactly. for yeah. everyone who's like me. Yeah, nice. We have our resident Ogren, essentially. <laughs> nice. Congrats. <laughs> and his name is Jared. He's little brother. Yeah, little baby. Little um, being somewhat pejorative. Yeah, he's, that's not. They can't see us. They can't see us. Like this man grade. is eight and a half feet tall. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta let it. You gotta leave that out for when we eventually maybe do video to surprise the little, the little brother reveal. You know what? No, we gotta. When we do videos, we gotta position ourselves so like Luke's just at the top of the table. I, oh. I'll be sitting in a high <laughs> chair. <laughs> Everyone else is sitting like on the floor, like peeking over, so we look like goblins. Yeah, I was looking at my chair when I got up and seeing how low my mic was, and I was like, "Oh shit, am I that short?" I'm a little guy. I'm just a baby. I don't got no money. I'm just a little guy. Try paying blocks. Anyway, uh, I'm just so, little. <laughs> uh, where'd we leave off most recently in the uh, part one? Uh, had, I think we had just bumped into um, the uh, the mutant demon thing, right? Oh, Mr. Jubal. Jubal yep. Jubal. Yeah, they had the little accident and the whisper heads. And <laughs> the subtle oopsie. Of yeah. The oopsie doodle. And yeah. everybody starts questioning stuff, and that's not good, especially not in the Imperium. Yeah, because they had never seen a demon before, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's that thing? Oh, it's like an animal. Uh, Jubal, like, grew and bloated out of his armor, oh, ate a dude, um, had needle fangs. Uh, did the whole Hulk slam on a couple of the uh, Remembrancers. Um, yeah, just altogether terrifying. 90 uh, fully automatic rounds of the, his bolter yeah. to put him down. That That's that's nuts. That's some, like, uh, repeated mag dumping. Yeah, and they were stuck <laughs> in a cave with it. So, like, <laughs> you're stuck in a train tunnel, essentially trying to shoot this locomotive that has... <laughs> nasty, nasty teeth, and his body's like sloughed off. Like, you know, it, yeah, try not to puke, but also aim. Yeah, and there's like dead bodies all around it to start with. All the <laughs> base humans that's tried to stop the Luna Wolves. Uh, big oops there. Yeah, so we just a, give up. That's what they call not a pro gamer move is to be <laughs> unarmored with an AK trying to fight uh, space marines. That's bringing not- a flashlight to a bolter fight. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we left him off there. Um, Horus explains some of the war to him. They, you know, Loken went back on, I guess, 
course aside like oh yeah, i guess that all makes sense but people got some questions mm-hmm. like, that's, that's a big life event <laughs> it is yeah but um in like, further back in the book you know um they fought the false emperor and whatnot and it just kind of explained little and wolves in general and like we touched briefly on uh space marines titans all that kind of good jazz mm-hmm. but yeah uh this next section's uh all action Action. Yeah, there's a little bit of dialogue, but brat, brat, pew, pew. Yeah, I, I love this second part. Uh, it's got a lot of um, you can do a lot of references to other movies or books too. Uh, Starship Troopers. Yeah, and you will see uh, once we get into it. It's very exciting. Yeah, and I just want to point out um, we brought Jared on not only because he can mix for us really well, but uh, this whole series in our podcast is to. Uh, like educate people that don't know anything about Warhammer and the best way to do it is have somebody who can ask the questions that you might have as well as listeners. If you are new, um, hopefully we hit everything. Uh, if we had a comment section, I would say comment <laughs> mm-hmm. and ask us questions. Cause we'd love talking about this. Yeah, we'll get there. We actually spent about an hour and a half before this podcast started talking about random facts. Yeah, because we have no mental discipline. We have a problem. There's a little. It's, it's there's a little bit. <laughs> we stopped ourselves eventually. I managed. Yeah, we stopped it eventually, and I do get to work most days. <laughs> so I'm like, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Okay, I guess we'll just get right back into it. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Dive on yeah. in. Awesome. Okay, so part two starts with uh, we're gonna leave the Luna Wolves behind right now, oh, and we're gonna okay. jump to Fine. a. Mr. Uh, Soul Tarvitz on a planet called Murder. Boom, boom, boom. That's pretty edgy. Yeah, yeah. that's not subtle at all. Mm-hmm. I do like the naming conventions where worlds and 40K will be named shit like Murder, Armageddon. Uh, I feel like Krieg. even Armageddon and Krieg are more subtle than Murder, murder. though. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. The name fits. I'll just say that much. Okay. Um, so is, is it a death world? <laughs> uh, it is now. Okay. It is. It is now. It wasn't the start. It might have been a nice place to be, but um, thanks to the powers that be, it yeah, sucks. It sucks. Premium grade. Yeah, big L. Big L planet. Um, but yeah, Soul's pretty pretty awesome. I I really like his character base. Um, can you uh can you tell me uh what group is he affiliated with? Emperor's children. Uh-oh. We haven't touched Uh-oh. on them yet. I think we've talked about. Uh, oh wait, the heresy hasn't really happened. No, we're, no. we're this pretty, is book one, baby. We're pretty far before the actual heresy. There's some came. bad so thoughts. I, re- I retract my uh ohs. <laughs> <Ooh, laughs> um, yeah, the Emperor's children. Uh, we'll get into them a little bit more, um, but uh, in some books down the line. But uh, actually, do either of you guys know? Are you guys? Uh, yeah. Pretty knowledgeable about the Emperor's children. I've got a decent background on it. Cool. How about they you, like Luke? sex. Hold yes, on, hold on. Point one, sex guys. No, no, no. It's, it's more about drugs. It's more about drugs and the, the stimulation for these guys. That's The dick fingers making, exist. Making Wait, you as stimulated <laughs> as possible for sex. <laughs> we're, we're talking pre-heresy stuff, Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. But the the, the sex doesn't happen as much. <laughs> Jared looking over at me and being like, when I said the dick thing, he's like, what the fuck? I was like, you can't just drop that and then just... <laughs> Super casual. Um, so, currently, in the in the lore, the Emperor's children get their namesake of being the uh, the, 
they believe, the chosen of the emperor. They strive for like loyalty, uh, to be excellent, to be the paragons of the emperor's will as an Astartes. Mm-hmm. Um, they believe in like high culture and art and learning, and like the they want to be like the best in everything they do in every pursuit. They want to. They want to literally set the bar as high as they can and then try to cross that mark every time. Very comparable to the Ultramarines, actually. Yeah, very comparable those. in that uh, they, they want to, they strive to be the best because like they do truly believe they are and they feel like they have to prove it to everyone all the time. Um, and their namesake, they're actually, they are the first legion of all of the legions currently to earn the right to wear the Imperial Aquila mm-hmm. as a personal uh, mark of like heraldry. And so no other legion at this point actually bears the Emperor's Aquila, like the big two-headed eagle. Only the Emperor's children have that symbol. Yeah, what do they have on their... Is it like the cross thing that they have on their Who? chest plate? Just the rest of... Oh, usually they actually don't have iconography anything? on their chest. Okay. Um, if they do have anything, like uh, a really good example is like a lot of Dark Angels will have like the uh, the shrouded the shrouded knight with the sword or... Um, the, the blade with the wings. Mm, so, like, okay, there's yeah. a lot of similar iconography. Or, like, the blood angels with the similar... With the, the blood the, drip in the yeah. wings, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, there is iconography out there that definitely looks imperial on a lot of these guys. But, like, yeah. Ultramarines would have, like, the Ultra. Um, but the Aquila is specific to the Emperor's children. Yeah, and point. it's, like, the okay. Imperial Aquila. So, it's, like, super special. And so, like, these are the first guys to earn that, that merit. And, like, later, obviously, by the time of 40K, like, everybody's got an Aquila on. Mm-hmm. Like, guardsmen have fucking Aquilas yeah, on. You right? got to. You got to. But uh, at this point, it's a it's a big honor. It hasn't been diluted yet, and these guys are considered like, um, like I said, they paragons of yeah. what it means to be a space yeah. marine. And they, their armor even is like you know a deep purple, which in the old days of like royal, medieval is yeah yeah, yeah like mm-hmm. you can't get purple very often. So a royal color. Yeah. They have a lot of gold trim in a lot of uh, depictions. Of these guys, yeah, gold trim, purple armor. They bear the Aquila, and their personal logo, I think, is actually like the um, the single wing of the Aquila mm. as well. Mm. Right. Yeah. Which is a little misleading. Is that with the claw, too? I think the claw doesn't come in until the fall. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> they also get a lot of other icons after that, including dick butt, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they're, they're very um, flamboyant. Uh, they kind of are seen as arrogant a lot of the time, which is... Artists. <laughs> Some of them are seen as arrogant. They they're all over the place on like the spectrum of like. I think a lot um, of space marines hit yeah. that mark though. Like yeah. some are just like turbo arrogance. You're just like, bruh, calm down. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, especially if you compare any of them, or if you see any interactions between an Astartes and a human. Mm-hmm. Oh, scum. Like, I'm, more, I'm them, supposed. To, I'm bred to protect you, but you're a piece of shit. Yeah, I, I don't really give a shit about I you. I think most. Oh, you can I'll say most of the like. A lot of the legions see them as like they differentiate themselves, like oh the mortals, yeah, yeah, and like oh I am you know above baseline, which they are, but uh, there's some legions who are like oh my life is devoted to you. I understand yeah. what the emperor wanted me to I do. I think it's important for a lot of the Astartes that they kind of lose, especially in 40k, they really lose track of the concept that like they are humans. Mm-hmm. They were humans. Without yeah. humans, well, they can't exist. They forget it. Like, during yeah. the um, I know, surgery like, and whatnot, like, they forget their past, so it's easy. But they should well, be told repeatedly, like, hey, like, you were them. Like, take it easy. Yeah. When you've lived, like, 5,000 years, though, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's... Easy to forget the hard. 12 years before being yeah. an Astarte. Yeah. But also, I think one of the best interactions we see in, uh, like, a popular media depiction is in the first Space Marine game, for like, the with Captain Titus, mm. 
and uh, he shows up, and like the guardsmen are literally in awe of him. They, they're like, oh, oh, an angel of death, a lord of Startes. And they're mm-hmm. like, my liege. And he's just like, be calm. So it's like he's <laughs> Chill, very, he's bro. like, like we fight in the name of the emperor. And they're just like, yeah. And like he's like, he doesn't talk down to him. He like hypes him a little bit. And like I think that's kind of an, that's like a, a good boy space marine. That's an ultramarine thing to do. Yeah, being diplomatic. But um, real quick question: What what's the oldest uh, a human can be before starting the, the starting? Uh, for I think it's like fifteen might be like the max if yeah. I'm right. Typically, like which is bonkers to think like the uh, some of these space marines are like seventeen years old essentially. Well, I think the, <laughs> like, the actual construction uh, well, process actually pushes them into the twenties. Like yeah. it takes them a little while. Oh well, not um. There's other books where like eight-year-olds are going through trials of like murdering yeah, yeah. <laughs> dragons and stuff sure like well, you seem like you're ready kid no yeah. facial hair like still pooping as well ideally uh the, the the premium grade candidate is one who has not yet hit uh true puberty mm-hmm. which means like you know eight to ten and this is because the space ring process uses those same growth hormones and if the body begins producing them one of the things they do is they manipulate the cells and the the like the pituitary gland and the other organs to inc- like make way more, mm-hmm. and then using the other artificial organs and the gene seeds, it'll like it like enhance the growth process. So you get like a normal person who just suddenly just like in the span of like one year grows into a space ring, <laughs> yeah. which would be honestly very painful. Oh, growing pains yeah. like yeah. on my shins for sure. But there are actually uh, weird lore snippets where like way older people yeah. can go through the process and yeah. it really depends it's not the same essentially uh um another primark's father went through that process essentially logar's dad yeah like oh, he's yeah. ancient now in 40k but like the they did some late stage stuff it's he's never going to be as good yeah. as like a baseline of starties without th- his psychic abilities but i think there are some loopholes though where like characters uh are able like uh we're going to get into this guy, Fabius Bio, later. Mm. I think he is able to pretty much take anybody at any age and make them a space marine. Speaking mm. of emperor's children. Speak, full circle. Full sh- we did it. <laughs> We're back. Return. That's the episode. <laughs> go, 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 go. Yeah, emperor's children, a guy named Sol. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the emperor's children, just get in your head. They are about perfection or as close to perfect as they can be in the emperor's eyes. Yeah. Um, and they are very... Majority of them are kind of arrogant about it. They think they're a little bit better than the other legions, which, you know, some of them are. Mm-hmm. So, which sucks <laughs> if they are better and they know it and they try to flex on everybody else. Yeah, um, yeah so we jump to Soul on Tarvitz. He is, uh, let me see his rank. I think he's a captain. Um, 10th Company captain, uh, respected and noble, more of a um, a line soldier so like he's not as flamboyant yeah his idea of perfection is like oh we all like we fire um covering fire like we cover each other's um flanks and whatnot like he's more about the perfection of form yeah kind of thing and i i really like he's yeah because his his origin is like a like infantry right like he didn't start as a commander he worked his way up yeah yeah nice um which is like cool underdog uh and Along with Emperor's Children, their uh, enemy of unfortunate choice is the Mega Arachnids. <laughs> Goddamn. Not giant spiders? Not regular. Not spiders, thankfully, because I probably wouldn't 
read the book. Um, but giant robo praying mantis for the most oh. part that are oh, lightning quick. God. They have like because an arachnid is technically just any insect, mm-hmm. big air quote insect with eight legs. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, they're they're sick. Uh, they <laughs> they cut through Astartes like um, armor like it's nothing. Like just hop, you know, hot knife through butter. Discount uh, tyranids. Yeah, yeah, essentially they get. I don't know if I'd call them discount. <laughs> they're called mega arachnids, yeah. and they're cyber this spiders. This is just spider mantis. One yeah. subspecies of them that we'll we'll find more, but like the. The main ones they deal with. Great, there's more. Yeah, cool. it's it's essentially giant, um, half robotic kind of stuff. We, you don't really know too much about like if they are like mechs or if they're like like cyborgs or they're just like natural. But they look robotic. Um, it always reminds me of um, mm. there's like an old Goosebumps book where there's like this like big praying mantis on the cover of it. I can't remember what it's called, but I always just picture like this Mondo bug Mondo slicing down bug. people. Yeah, yeah. it's. They're nuts. Um, Where do they come from if they're like cybernetic? They're like some crazy guy just over there like, I want to make my praying mantis giant. <laughs> yeah. I got a garden. I need to protect <laughs> the uh, But uh, we'll learn about that. Um, and what the emperor's children are doing uh, are basically uh, answering a rescue call, like a mayday uh, from some blood angels, which I think we touched on a little bit. Yeah, um, loyal, good space vampires. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, they like they pretty, responded. Yeah. Unfortunately, not in like pretty, the quotes. best um, intentions. Um, Lord Eidolon, which is uh, Fulgrim, the I know that guy. Yeah, he's a he's a tool. Um, the we'll Fulgrim's Eidolon's going to come up more. We'll get back to yeah. who he is and why he's fun. Yeah, why he's a really swell guy. <laughs> he swells real good. Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, he's Fulgrim, who is the Primarch for the Emperor's Children. He'll come up eventually, too. Uh, he's just, like, the most perfect of perfect. Um, he's kind of a jerk. Uh, mm-hmm. Later on. But Lord Eidolon is very headstrong, very arrogant. Um, he's got a big old hammer on him. Uh, but he heard the distress call, and he's like, hey, let's go rescue these guys. And no Astartes wants to be rescued, because that implies that, like, you weren't strong enough weren't to do it yourself. Yeah. It's very much that like warrior ethos where yeah. it's like be, like getting bailed out of like a thing mm-hmm. you were supposed to win feels bad because like you were like it was your task you were supposed to win when you don't yeah. and someone else can. And this, I, mm-hmm. I associate that a lot with like guardsmen and then like ultramarines show up like thank you for holding the line for the last decade guardsmen we're here to win and then the ultramarines like take all the glory and just like yeah. god damn it it's essentially the whisperheads when our guardsmen like we've lost six thousand people and they're like shut up <laughs> we got a terminator or two yeah, and they just gonna, walk in there and finish walk it off in there and deal with it he's like they're scratching his head he's like why didn't we just start with that yeah. but um yeah um Eilon, very headstrong uh, in that whole mentality of like rescuing stuff is kind of anti Astartes because like. They're all brothers, you know? Mm-hmm. There's, like, there's a competitiveness within them, but, like, at the end, they're, you know, battle brothers, so they all yeah. kind of respect each other. Um, and Eilon's kind of a douche, <laughs> and he's like, no, I want to be the best. So he's the bad side of the spectrum of um, yeah. Emperor's Children. Uh, very vain. Um, a, yeah, vain is the right word. Very mm-hmm. vainglorious. So, yeah, the, the children come to help the Blood Angels uh, out of this wonky predicament. Um the Astartes, though, kind of see the bugs as, like, especially the Emperor's children, because they want, like, worthy... Um, everybody wants a worthy opponent to test their metal and get better. Um, 
so a lot of the Empress children see these bugs not only as terrifying, um, even though they can't feel fear, um, but wow. as like worthy opponents. We'll get back to the can't feel fear thing. It to a level. They yeah. definitely like normal. It's normal, suppressed. Well, normal freaky shit definitely doesn't scare them, and like they don't take like the same like trauma from like freaky things as mm-hmm. like a normal person would. But we do bump into eventually. They, they there are things in 40k that make a space ring just like gasp in terror at something. Two words, night lords. I was gonna use a different singular word. It's actually very similar and say night bringer. I would do it. Like, mm-hmm. the first time the Ultrains bumped into the Nightbringer. They bumped into the Nightbringer? Yeah. Like, how many shards of it? One. Yeah, I mean, even that's enough. And they were like... Yeah. Oh. So, if you don't... So, this no, is a so good segue. I was going to say, Jerry, this is the Nightbringer. So, and so he said shards, so is it like a broken glass or something? Like yeah, you're, you're you're on the right track. So, I'm going to I'm gonna give you a tiny bit of context to try to not... Take you got a minute. Of, yeah, you got a minute. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, for you. that tangent switch over there. <laughs> He's like hitting the tangent button. Because nice. that's a we're opening up a can of worms right there. Yeah. How long do you want it to go for? A minute? You said just a bit. All right, we'll let's keep there. going. All right. So uh, the species, the Necrons, used to used to have these gods that they actually there were sentient energies that they pulled off of stars and compressed into a body of living metal. And these guys became these these new gods. The Necrons made. Necrons are ancient species of like eventually robots but eventually at first sad meat people but they made these guys they were called them the Catan. they didn't make them they made the bodies oh did they yeah they forged the living metal and they put the the consciousness of a they so they found these vampiric consciousses that would eat stars and they and put it into like a body and these things were called star gods the Catan. and they had absolute mastery over the physical plane and all of the energy that existed here so, like, they have attacks that are stuff like antimatter meteor or transdimensional thunderbolt. And it's like, what oh, the fuck geez. does this even mean? Or just gaze of death. Gaze of death. But one of the, the most terrible and most horrible was the first one they ever collected, and it was the one from their own star. Their star being a poisonous radioactive star. Yeah, the average lifespan of a Necron tier was flesh was short. Like, what, 30, 40 yeah, years? 30 not even, yeah, not even 30 sometimes. Their entire culture was built around Dying. building, <laughs> building uh, like funeral pyres and pyramids and stuff because they, your whole purpose in life was to honor yourself in death. Born to uh, die. So it's like do everything you can so when you die your life wasn't worth it. I just want a nice casket when I die. Literally, yeah. They're picking it out. So it was like their culture is very morbid and very dark and the first the the, the being they pulled out of their star was none other than the Nightbringer. uh, An avatar of endless hunger and the desire to kill. And they were like, this is bad. But eventually they were able to convince it after it killed like a lot of them that they were that they were here to serve it and they could direct it to a thing that was better to eat. And so the whole thing is the Catan. The Catan, uh, that's, a, that's a model of the Shard of the Nightbringer. He's a, he's a Grim Reaper aspect. Whoa. Um, and so the, night, the, the Catan beings feed upon the life energies, originally of stars, but they learn the life energy of people. It's like Skittles. It's really yummy. <laughs> and so they love to kill mortal beings and that's consume stupid. their energy and their essence. Huh. And so they're like, they're a problem. And so... In the back in the day, the Necrons had this war called the War in Heaven, big galactic battle. We will have an episode on that. It's going to be a whole thing. But at the end of the war, the Necrons were really tilted because their gods were so much of a problem because they wanted to kill everything that the Necrons turned on their own gods and using machines and energies that are not non-comprehensible, cracked 
these living metal beings who could eat stars. They broke them into pieces, separated their and scattered them, and they can't destroy them because of like the fundamental like the, the star gods are fundamentally a part of the material universe. They are mm. energy, and you can't destroy energy. But they turn them into batteries in Pokemon. Yeah, but they use these shards very disrespectfully now <laughs> as, like he said, Pokemon and batteries. They'll, they'll use them to power vehicles and ships uh. and all sorts of crazy shit. But also, some Necrons who are of a high enough rank will earn a shard. And in the heat of combat, they can deploy the shard, and it becomes an avatar of the Nightbringer. Oh, that's fucked. Yeah, and so some Ultramarines broke into a tomb, which, if you know anything about Warhammer, don't go knocking on tombs. There's <laughs> only bad things in there. What do you mean that's where all the fun happens? I it is where the fun happens. <laughs> um, and they bumped into a shard of the Nightbringer. They didn't even they didn't understand it, but the Nightbringer like rose up and assumed his full form. <laughs> And when he turned his eyes to some of the Ultramarines, they literally like dropped their weapons and fell to their knees because the ass because the the Nightbringer is the reason human beings have the concept of the Grim Reaper. Mm. This is the asshole who did that. He's <laughs> just like, you know what, hooded man with scythe. This is what death is. Yeah. So and to Ooh. to preface that even further, this whole like war in heaven thing. Happened like hundreds of thousands of years it before was, humanity was. Oh, so this around. dude's been locked in this tomb for forever. And then yeah. these are like the first. Pe- he woke up from his nap, and then he's just like, "Some skills, huh?" Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, a snacky. <laughs> <laughs> Super technically, I think the Necrons were asleep for sixty million years because yeah. they're like they're like That's early right, galaxy yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. right? And so the Nightbringer pops up, and the Ultramarines are just like agog and one of them in their fear like draws on the nightbringer and goes to shoot him and the nightbringer cuts his arm off with one flick and he and like in that moment his arm is like spiritually severed like his soul won't have an arm in heaven you know what i mean oh, like he's yeah. like per- in permanent damage and he has a, he has a moment because he's like feeling like the grasp of time transcendent death that's so Oh man, the novel was really cool. But in the end, the Nightbringer like stares at the Space Ring Captain. The Space Ring Captain's like, "Let's go!" And the Nightbringer's like, "I got other things to do." Dead. <laughs> and flies away. And they're just like, "Yeah, we scared him off." And I'm like, "We did." Yeah. The hell they just yeah. unleashed on the world yeah. right there. You scared off the Grim Reaper. No. A, sh- a shard of the Nightbringer can like essentially ex- like erase your existence, right? Yeah. I mean, the shard of the Nightbringer. One of his signature moves that's been cataloged is the Gaze of Death. Where just his eyes falling upon a living being will pull the life energy out of them instantly and render them a husk. And it's just, he, that's just him fucking looking at people. And then he's got like a weapon. His main weapon is called like the, the Void Reaper Scythe. It's a weapon that can literally like split reality open and let him like manipulate things through dimensions. Yeah. Oh Warhammer is full of like just bonkers weapons in terms like oh he killed him like the most dead you could ever be. Yeah, yeah. back to last episode where we were talking about like oh no two kids on a playground. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. guns my imaginary guns bigger than yours. Yeah. Your arms not going to heaven no more. Dumbass. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I got a magic scythe but uh the Nightbringer shards are very devastating, and like on the field of battle, like to the, the lords who own these pokeballs of night shards are like, like when you do, when you throw one, you need to be ready to like go get them back. I was like, how do you recapture it? Is it's it not just like, like you open the ball, balls. And just kind of master nope, balls. You don't get to open the pokeball and suck them back in. You got to go grab them. <laughs> you got to go wrangle. He's like a. Me- you ever try to like? You ever see those videos where like someone's got like a leash on their really big dog, and the dog just like takes off running. They're getting dragged by it. Mm-hmm. 
you gotta go get that guy back. Uh. You gotta go get a hold of him and be like, get the fuck back in your vault, bitch! <laughs> so essentially, Space Marines aren't afraid of anything besides this guy and yeah. a few other oh, exceptions. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I'll say, I think this is the tier of thing that, like, Space Marines are just like, it's a good thing their armor has a fluid recycling system because they piss themselves. Yeah. They're just like, well, it's like, yeah, it's like when they bump into a thing that is like the aspect of annihilation and like they don't really have an answer yeah, for so it. So it's just like not a lot of things can kill them, but this fucker. He's going to kill <laughs> yeah. them and everyone in the zip code. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, but anyway. Yeah, summary, they can't be afraid except for uh, by death itself. Um, well, I would say a space marine's not afraid to die, but like when a thing shows up that's like that spooky, though, it's like in the moment, it's like the fear is pretty palpable. Because mm-hmm. we got to remember, they were human at one point. They still yeah. have a leadership of what? Eight plus? <laughs> seven. Fallible. Seven? Oh, that's pretty And good. I think a sergeant can get up to six. Mm. Although I don't think that was a minute, that was actually a pretty good. That was really like five and a half. Yeah, for like a lot of like you know, uh, pretty complicated. Then it hits eight. How much (laughs) of that was uh, you know a part of like applicable to this? All of who's to say? But I mean, tangent tangent o'clock. This is our podcast. (laughs) We can do what we want. Do what I want. Yeah, I feel (laughs) the energy. No one likes those hour long ones. Yeah. You're over to you want a couple days. Cut enough time out of your day. Yeah, you gotta get big ones, big long ones. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyways, yeah, uh, they come or come up to the uh, murder the and uh, Emperor's children. Right? Yeah, they okay. casually approach the planet murder. Yeah, they're like, oh, okay, we gotta get in there. But there's just like crazy storms everywhere, uh, messes with communications. You can't use your uh, auspex and actually like find where the homies are. Um, so like, oh, let's do some drop pods. Because, like, the ships he sent down, uh, didn't hear back from him. <laughs> no bueno. I don't uh, think that would encourage me to hop on a one-way elevator yeah. orbit to yeah. get down. and be like, ah, oh, the ships we sent didn't come back. Yeah, can they one-way re- express, please. Yeah. Can they retrieve those things? Yeah. yeah like, but with you a Thunderhawk or something? You need, like, a lift vehicle. I don't okay. know. Drop pods are, like, one-time use than, like, the salvage. Because, like, those are coming in hot and they aren't, or the doors explode off and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, but they're like built to do that. I would assume they can like use those again. I think they just they're salvage variants of yeah. A lot of it. Well, typically when you deploy that hot into combat, the drop pod gets shot to shit anyway, yeah. intentionally mm-hmm. or unintentionally. Um, and usually it is end up they just pick up the bits and yeah. take the scrap back. So, okay. There are drop pods like the uh, the what uh, the claw one. Oh yeah, that one like the hops. D- oh, the dread claw drop yeah, pod. Those hmm. things are that's badass. A, that's a vehicle that yeah. you hop into. It goes a place. You leave, and you get back in and go away in that. Hmm. Or you just hop around, yeah. <laughs> shooting at people. Bing, bing, yeah, it definitely depends. Drop pods. There's a variety. Yeah. But like the most generic one we see, the typically, I think, like the uh, what do they call it. I forget the pattern. Uh, I think couldn't it's tell kooky, you. Like Ferris cast them again. Like the just iron pattern. Yeah. Anyway, it's like a big. T- do we have any? No. I'm so not is a space it like Marines player? How in Halo, like yes. Master Chief and yes. the Spartans get dropped in? Yep. Usually, oh, okay. usually it's a little bit but bigger. But it's more like a five. It's usually five man squads. Inside mm. of so them. it's just like a yeah. It's, yeah, like, okay. it's literally the it, thing from Halo ODST where they ride down that freaky little yeah. pod. Mm-hmm. But it just it's it, it's just imagine that, but like times five in a circle, and then and, mm-hmm. and like the the doors like fold out and down or like blast yeah, or out. Or out, yeah. yeah. yeah essentially, it's like, a, a, like a pentagon. Is it pentagon? Five sided. Yeah. Yeah. So basically a big, it's a big pod. Okay. So yeah, they load up a bunch of space marines in these uh, big garbage cans and <laughs> drop them off over the planet and hope to God they don't get shot. Yeah, I always I always get the impression, you know, like when uh, that, uh, was it, 
Wow, what's his name? Not Evil Knievel, but like the escapee guy. Oh, yeah. Houdini? Yes, Houdini. When Houdini went over Niagara Falls in a barrel. The bu- yeah. I always, to me, a drop pod's always like, brothers, into the drop pod. And it's like Houdini hopping into an oak barrel going over a waterfall. I'm like, hey, I don't want to do this. I think drop pods are still better than boarding pods, at least. That will, mm. Oh, the boarding torpedoes? Yeah, boarding torpedoes are fucking scary. Well, they're both shit, jank. Man. They're both. You just hope to. Yeah, but you. It's but a, at least like, I don't know. I feel like entering the atmosphere, you have a less chance of getting shot than. I think you it do really depends. Void. It really the void. A boarding torpedo has the chance to miss usually and just like go Keep into going. space, which is like the worst. So a boarding torpedo, uh, yeah, <laughs> is what it sounds like. It's a torpedo that like eight or nine guys hop into. And that torpedo is shot at a ship, and you ride inside of it. And the goal is that it hits the other guy's ship, and then the nose of it opens up and like closet, like it like opens and like tries oh, to uses like, lava, the melt the tips, yeah. yeah, and like it gets you into, the, and then you run off a torpedo, and then you're fighting in someone else's spaceship. So if uh, you miss, you just float. If you miss, you're in deep, you're going space. off into deep space in a rocket. <laughs> it's like I don't want to do this. I would say okay, I think I've, I've sussed it out. Drop pod is like two millimeters more safe than. Yeah. it's easy just, to hit the, the fact, planet. <laughs> the, the the parts with the well, the other sketchy part I find is if it doesn't, if it hits a ship but doesn't perfect perfectly seal. Yeah, the melter doesn't go off. <laughs> well, if the melter goes off, <clears throat> but the ship and the pod between aren't sealed. You're extra fucked because mm-hmm. then you're causing a leak and you're getting vacuumed out in yeah, space, you and vacuumed. then you're floating out, just without a pod. Just yeah, I'm gonna say boarding torpedo, sketchiest way to get around. I'll take a Thunderhawk, a real airplane, yeah. mm-hmm. a real a real vehicle. So yeah, basically Halo. They get launched, and the only difference here is that like it's not they're not looking at like flak cannons or anything like actually shooting them down they're just launching into a storm well in this static in this specific instance there's not yeah. flat cannons yeah like, in this one in other big fights it's like it's like yeah we're gonna deploy drop pods it's like don't they have active air defense and we're like yeah i'm like i don't want to do that's this. a numbers thing yeah, <laughs> some a, of us yeah. will make it down there you just hope you're with a guy with a name or isn't wearing, wearing his helmet, helmet. Yeah, like okay ever, we're good yeah if you ever see the the that episode of the expanse where they're just launching shipping containers half of them filled with people and half not and you're just like i hope they don't shoot the ones with the people in it (laughs) fingers crossed fellas big um and a lot of the times these things like the drop pads will get like stuck in buildings or like where they can't explode out or like go deep in the water (laughs) like Mm -hmm. oops a little off target. <laughs> yeah, the targeting guys. There like, was ah, ten shit. people in there. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. It's like, hey, where where drop pod number eight go? It's like the bottom of a lake. It's yeah. Like, well, the guy targeting hasn't the... slept in four days. He's running on stims. So the pros, little... your armor is probably void sealed, so you can breathe. Cons, your armor is heavy as fucking shit, so you're not gonna float to the top. You, you gotta, gotta walk, walk out of the lake. Walk your way back to the beach. <laughs> you gotta navigate yet yeah, to the coast. And God knows what's in the waters of certain planets. Yeah. Nightmares, that's what's in there. I think the best you can hope for is like a normal shark. Yeah. It's like, that's chill. I can deal with that. Yeah. I can't shoot this thing. Um, but yeah, they, um, they launch in because that's the only way they can. And Edlon's not going to wait for reinforcements. Um, eventually there will be reinforcements. That's but bold. Yeah. He's like, oh, we're going to save them. Let's kill our people too. So they launch in there. Um, there's a pretty good description of uh, murder. Uh, 
undulating plain of red dust from which a sea of gigantic grass stalks grew, gray-white like dirty, uh, dirty ice. Each stalk as thick as a man's plated thigh rose up straight to a height of 20 meters, tough, dry, and bristly, swished gently in the radioactive winds. The Astartes movements are described as lice in a wheat field. So, like, kind of like big, thick-ass bamboo? Yeah, so when they, they land, eventually, mm-hmm. um, it's all and then pop out and just, like, they can't see shit. There's big stalks of grass. Essentially, I, I love the idea of like um, lice in a wheat field. It reminds me of like uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, they're yeah. they're launching. They're in the grass. So like the idea of mega arachnids too God. is cool. It, it plays into the yeah. scale that yeah. we're at now. I yeah. Like what that a what lot. is the scale of the mega arachnids compared to the? Uh, at least the base ones. Uh, they're a little bit bigger, I believe. It'll go. I think it goes into it. Bigger than uh, space, space marine. marine. Okay. Yeah, but they are fast as fuck, boy. <laughs> But the but the the grass or whatever is like it's essentially it's thick and like how, I said how tall like, uh, twenty are, meters yeah, is what it's like yeah it's like a sixty and foot stock of grass slightly like it's a night sized grass yeah <laughs> and it's slightly like you know back and forth and it's thick um, big grass big grass. grass big grass no good yeah your allergies are fucked yeah. <laughs> pollen as big as a basketball hits me and I just drop dead gaze <laughs> uh, <laughs> of death. Um, you're slightly inter, uh, introduced to Lucius, uh, oh. which is oh, oh this fucker, to, like but he's boy. Boof. No, no, he's not a snake. <sighs> oh, he's not. He's, no, he's the Lucius the spoilers. Etern- Lucius the Eternal. Excellent. Oh, he, he's Snake Tongue Boy. Primo dick bag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Man of many faces. Yeah. Uh, but he's trouble. he's cool. I I I like he's trouble him, Heath, but he's good. No, he's listen, man. He was nice. For like a couple, he was hundred. never nice. He was never yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on the good guy side for a while, but he's put in way more work hours on the oh, bad side now. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's probably he's enemy number one for a lot of people. After his promotion, he kind of went to hell. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, he spoilers, is. Spoilers, I guess. Is he the one that body jumps? Yep. Ah. Yeah. That's spoilers. We'll talk about him later. He kind of. I thought you guys would like him because he calls you guys scum for being chaos people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like a lot of chaos people, but this guy, he's a shit bag. (laughs) That says a lot about who he is. It's like on the side of chaos and the traitors. It's like, yeah, like traitors are great, and it's just like, but that Lucius guy, he no good. (laughs) That guy's fucking. We don't like. There's certain traitors that you root for because you believe in their cause, and then there's certain traitors that you root for because. They're shitty and badass, and then there's certain traitors that you're like, man, that's just. That's I wish too this shitty. guy would just like step in a hole and die. Yeah, <laughs> like, I want him on my yeah. team, but I'm not gonna pay him, kind of thing. Yeah. He's, but he's he's cool. Um, in the fact that like, I'm glad he, you like him. He devotes uh, most space marines will like, uh, try to perfect every weapon. Yeah, Lucius, no, nah. he's like, I'm just gonna live by the blade. He'll do his longsword, and that is it. Longsword and a shield. Um, but he's yeah. an expert at it. Like he 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 tops everybody's, um, I think like not Primark tier, but like I, definitely I think put him, he is kind of isn't he? He'd be on tier be, with like um, Sigismund and stuff. I I, I would put what my money on Sigismund still. Lion? Well, oh, the lion? No, lion's gonna gas. How that dare kid. you? I was just asking. I don't <laughs> the know. lion is like the best swordsman of the Primarchs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say it's probably between the lion and uh, Sanguinus. Mm, I, I think, I, I mean, I would agree. It'd be a, a big cool fight. Yeah, but well, I think I just think about that time when Sanguinus ends up spoilers, I guess, again because I have no self control fighting the demons, 
and there's that one he fights like Karnak or whatever, and he gets in like he he's their big scuffle in the sky because they can both fly, and he grabs that dude by the back and breaks. Oh fuck, Sanguinis makes my makes me chub. Yeah, he's, he's such a Chad. He's got a little bit of um, X factor with this whole you know future sight thing though. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, a little true, unfair, a little I, busted. I um, prefer other bird themed Primarchs, I guess. That's ex- that's acceptable. That's acceptable. It's not. Um, Shut up. <laughs> well, Lucius introduced. He's uh, he's cocky, but he's also buddies with Soul. Like they go back to um, pre Captain C because uh, uh, like we just time travel. No. I looked away for a second, and I <laughs> could back. only like listen and look. One at a time, so I stopped it. Sorry. Again. <laughs> Turned off one of my senses for a second. I was, say, I was confused. <laughs> they were over there pointing and shit. I'm like, There's a Primark it? up there. Uh, yeah. Um, we'll go to uh, Lucius. He the, uh, is captain of the 13th. So Saul is 10th. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry. We're pointing at the minis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're pointing at minis again. Uh, <laughs> restart, restart. Okay, so we introduce this Lucius. He's Saul's good buddy. They were buddies before they were captains. Okay. Um, they kind of have like an interesting, like almost childlike relationship. That's deranged, like. considering how what I know about Lucius now. Yeah. I don't like, explain. They're Child- like, like Lucius will be like a dick, and then all of a sudden, like, Saul will save his ass or do something. And he'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry, buddy. Like, you know, I, I respect you and all this stuff. Like, it, it's, I don't want to say cute, but like, it's wholesome sometimes, which is weird. Yeah. Which is weird. They're really good. They're really good buds. Yeah. And they, they play into I it. because like, I don't understand why he called it childlike. Uh, like, I mean, they probably like, what, what do you mean? 17. Childlike. <laughs> uh, just the fact that like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Touch tips. Every good, like, uh-huh. I don't know, stand by me of those movies with kids. They're like, oh, like, forgive me. And, like, Lucius is a master sword fighter, right? He is, <laughs> yes. Gross. That's a good joke. Splat, splat. Gross. Um, We're so good at this. <laughs> bringing us back from that. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Lucius, good fighter. That's all you need to know. Swordsman. Um, he's more of. Where Saul's like, I embody the perfection of war. He embodies the perfection of like his art, and he wants to be perfect as possible. And he like, even to his own um, destruction, he's like, oh, like this foe, like give me like three of them. Like I want to try to best them, even if I might die, because it's dying to a worthy opponent kind of thing. Um, which I rather shoot him from a distance, personally. Um, getting face to face with these things doesn't sound very good. Uh, they eventually meet the bugs. They haven't met the bugs at this point. Saul and um, uh, Lucius and them, and their group uh, like hears like a little rustling and like these little grub bugs that are around the stalks. Uh, all of a sudden, go quiet, and they're like, uh, "Nani?" Uh, and then all of a sudden, like drive-by <laughs> bugs, baby. All these drive-by bugs. All these super fast uh, uh, prey mantis essentially come by and just like arms out slice and dice baby and then they're gone so like it, it's kind of a mind fuck they're just hiking through all these like thick stalks of hair essentially and out of nowhere they just they lose a couple guys and they get sliced spooky yeah and they're like what the fuck was that did you because they don't even like see them and like space marine not seeing something like that doesn't mm. register like it was like a silvery blur and then Damn. you know your homies <laughs> yeah, for reference, Space Marine is, uh, I think, at the peak I've ever heard of, which is pretty bullshit tier, was in the uh, 
Brothers of the Snake novel, mm-hmm. where a tactical marine was able to perceive projectiles being shot at him and, like, get out of the way or physically deflect, like, incoming fire. That's nuts. Yeah. And I'm like, you guys can fucking see bullet path? I'm like, that's insane. And I don't know if that's, like, actually canon or not, but, like, because I've seen lots of space marines catch lead and die, so it's, like, it's a thing. But mm-hmm. assuming that, like, at peak performance, a space marine can perceive an incoming, like, supersonic projectile. And this is faster than that. means that. it's so fast they can't perceive this thing. These, these are, like... Like Mach three bugs. Like yeah. Wait, bug. it's. I guess Warhammer's kind of broken. Where like sometimes a space marine be like a god, then other times like oh they, some dude with a grenade or like something stupid killed him. Yeah, some guy eating crayons in the corner. At a <laughs> yeah. Big and got him. yeah. <laughs> hey, who are the marines of the space marines? <laughs> they are. What do you mean? World leaders. I mean, oh, which flavor crayon eaters? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I was like, all of them? They're all for naval bo- But no, yeah, the crayon eaters would probably be like the world eaters. Maybe the ultramarines? Maybe the the legion that didn't exist. Maybe, Maybe there's a reason why. Yeah. <laughs> Stop like eating the crayons, damn it! Like, I, like, like I like blue. <laughs> but um, yeah, they actually... Uh, we should say I, I actually I like the Marine Corps. I yeah. respect those guys. They do a lot of good work. Yes, they do. It's funny to meme on them, but they they can take it. They lean into it. They do. <laughs> Emperor yeah. bless our troops. Emperor bless. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, Lucius actually gets one of the arms off because um, you know if there's one guy that's not gonna be surprised, uh, it's him. It's the he, named character. Yeah, the guy with no helmet Weird. on. Uh, he cuts <laughs> off one of the arms and um, uses it as a second sword, which is. Frowned upon, because uh, you know alien technology. You had to pick up a Xenos weapon and be like, "This is neat." Yeah, but it's what's nuts about is... it is he um, he grabbed it by the blade, and it was <laughs> the scythe is sharp enough that just barely squeezing it um, cut through his gauntlet. Ew. Like he was just holding it like regular, and it slit all the way through his ceramite gauntlet. Yeah, and he's like, "Ow." So we had to like wrap up the other section with like um, some fibers from his gear or whatever, just to use it. That's and wild. like, yes, yeah, the cut ceramite. It's like yeah, a what they like, molecular edge yeah. or whatever. I can't remember what they actually call it. Yeah, it has mono to be a monomolecular edge, yeah. which is uh, in real life very challenging to like achieve. Yeah, and like in Warhammer is like kind of casual. I think a lot of places end up like getting these are there like bugs. Vibra blades in. Uh... Yeah. Regular vibro swords, yeah. Yeah, I think... Like uh, high-frequency blades, yeah. yeah. A couple guys that use them. But typically, power swords are the reach above that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because of the the field. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, um, they use the arm, and they kind of go through more... They, it becomes more uh, ryth- like a rhythm. Like, the bugs shut up, and then more bugs come. And they will lose people and kill more bugs, but it's... There's no end in sight. There's no Vox communication. So they are stuck. Um, eventually, uh, Luna Wolves uh, arrive at murder as well because they heard the, the, you know, the distress beacon or whatever from um, the Blood Angels. Uh, this is after they were deciding what to do after uh, the no-nos on the Whisper Heads. So that, that's the same, like, the same... Uh... Same group okay. of Luna Wolves, yeah. It's... Well, yeah, but are are all the Luna Wolves together, or is it like a group of them? Um, 
think it's I, like a couple companies on their own. Yeah, it's okay. a sixty. I think the sixty third expedition at this point. Because I mean, like this is they're helping out the Blood Angels, but it's not Sanguinius, and they're helping out the Emperor's Children, but it's, it's not, not Fulcrum. Fulcrum. Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's like a different. But this is sure. this yeah. is the the big boy Luna Wolf's like this is Horus, this is Horus right? yeah. the vengeful spirit, Got him. Uh, which is like the Luna Wolf's uh, flagship, mm-hmm. uh, and they are. I think Jake went over the first one. They are big ships. Big, big, like, big. Yeah, I think you guys are comparing them to like aircraft carriers. No, no, like, no. They are no, miles No, that's what I mean. Like you compared it, and then you're like, but imagine that yeah. four times bigger. Like, you can't see one end to the other, essentially. Like, it, it oh, <laughs> towns can, apart. You could see through. If there was a clear line through the whole thing, you could, like, look and be like, whoa, there's shit over there. Yeah, on flat Earth, you could, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> if the Earth wasn't Wait, circular, like but, like, the other way. Huh? Oh, concave. <laughs> it's not. Um, but yeah, the uh, Luna will show up. They're there to help. Uh, Loris, or Horus is uh, kind of excited about it because he's kind of uh, tired of like fighting humans. He's yeah, like, oh, I want like to be brutal <laughs> without um, feeling bad about yeah, it. Yeah, the PR yes. problem. Yeah. The moral quandary of... Oh, I just stomped on that guy's head. Yeah. Yeah, Space Marine's like wet dream is just like killing Xenos. Because yeah. like you don't feel bad about it. You, you you don't have to worry about anything besides like warfare. And that's what they're built for. Uh, most of them. Uh, so exception Ultimate. Space Marines still have like a moral compass? It depends. They're supposed to. They're supposed like, to. They are made to protect humanity, but a lot of them forget that. We, we hearken back to like the World Eaters. That's their the name is World Eater. They're kind of problematic. They don't give a fuck. They'll kill anybody. They're just like, this is awesome. And it's like, but that, murder, we're supposed murder, to save murder, these people. Murder, They're just murder, like, murder, murder. stab, 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 well, stab. Early uh, Blood Angels were the same kind of way. Like, oh, I really want to eat that guy I just saved. Like, But you can't. Yeah. But I could. But, but he looks yummy. Just a yeah. nibble. <laughs> Throw back to the orc in the field, the, the hobbits. He's like, what about just a bite? <laughs> yeah. What about his legs? He doesn't need those. <laughs> just a nibble. Come it's like, on. bro, chill. <laughs> We deserve this. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, they make it back. They're happy about fighting an actual Xenos war. Um, uh, they kind of go and talk about, like, Horus' origin and stuff. And Horus always kind of references back to, uh, Chthonia. Mm-hmm. Um, and Locust, like, well, you're. world, yeah. Yeah, that's where each Primarch has a homeworld. Whatever. When they got split up. Uh, that's another book. Okay. Uh, Real, I know, we could go over it. Real quick aside, yeah. So the emperor, uh, uh, with some weird assistance, made uh, twenty son or sons. It's very nice to call them sons, but he like lab grew them. Like he didn't. There was no procreation on his part. Like son or like children. Oh, okay, children. Okay. I was thought you were talking about like some of he's making genes. planets. Well, he, or used, <laughs> he used some of his DNA. But not in like the the the. So he made was, a bunch of test tube babies. Yeah, he made a bunch of like lab grown test tube babies, and they were going to be his twenty elite generals, right? Like his original intent was not for them to look at him like a father, but as like a commander. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them are like, "Hey, Dad," and he's like, <laughs> "It's not like that, son." Yeah, I'm still at the market getting milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See you, bud. I gotta go to the market and like pick up some. Yeah. But uh, so um, but uh, during their creation, as they were like being, they were pretty much fully formed babies at this point. Um, but the through some con, uh, complicated machinations, the gods stole the children 
from the planet of Earth or Terra and scattered them across the galaxy in an attempt to thwart the plans of the Emperor because he's like the largest force for order and the Chaos Gods actively... Oh, seek to <laughs> seek. To, I, I saw the controls. And I was like, <gasps> but they actively seek to destroy him, right? Um, and so they they did this when with the intent that these super soldier sons would grow up without the emperor potentially and become like very problematic, and you have to go fight them. But he, start, he immediately like launched into the Great Crusade. And he's been going around trying to find them across the galaxy and like recruit them back into the fold. And the first son found by official record is Horus. And so okay. Horus is like his best bud. He's like my number one guy. He's like, yeah, Horus is great. What? And then, really? huh? Yeah. Huh. Why? I thought it was the, I it was the lion for some reason. I don't know. No, the lion and his legion were the first sun made. Ah, that's what it is. Le- okay. uh, so they all have a number denoting which Primarch they are and mm. what legion they're in charge of, 1 through 20. Horus is in charge of... Loon Wolves are 7? I don't know. I don't care. 13? I don't know. We'll ask Keith. He'll know. Um, he okay? Did you guys hear that? No. I don't know if it was the toilet flushing or his ass. <laughs> his ass <laughs> blowing out. <laughs> <in> the <corner>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? You get in there? No. Oh, sound like you ripped a bad fart. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, must have been there, the toilet flushing then. He's in there depressurizing. Did a bolt just come out of your chair? The, the little cover thingy. I didn't uh, realize yeah, what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, they come out all the time. Don't, oh, I wouldn't even bother it. getting um, there. So, Keith, you can, you can help us catch up on, on lore. What legion number is the Luna Wolves? 69. What? You said 1 through 20, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a sec. I'm getting gaslighted over here. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Gas load. Load. Yeah. Uh, 16th. 16th Legion. 16th Legion. Uh, Which is weird because Horus was the first found. So it gets like complicated. Yeah. So like there was their, their maiden order, the Lionel Johnson being Primark number one. Um, Number two is missing. We don't talk about him. Number three, blah, 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 up to 16. Then you got uh, Horus. And I think number 10 is like Ferris Manus. We can go through the whole number. It's on Wikipedia. It's on Wahapedia. It's on Wikifandom. It's everywhere. You can find it. It's easy. I don't know the number still, and I've been playing for like a decade. I'm just, it's just how it goes. Um, but then they were found out of order, like all over the place. Like Horus is number one. Hence why the numbers really just don't matter. Mm. Um, Lehman Le- Russ is two. Lehman Russ Because Horus got all like jealous. He's like, that guy's a savage. Why do you yeah, like him, yeah. Dad? He's like, because he's badass. And, like, some of the Primarchs had a much better... This is... I guess we're changing a little bit, but a lot of the Primarchs had, like... Like, Horus was, like, found, and Horus was, like, uh, among the people of the planet, like, trying to lead and, like, help them. Among us. Yeah, among us. And, like, so he was... But some Primarchs, like, um, uh, like, Rogel Dorn, for example, Primarch of the Imperial Fists, um, their yellow space rings are pretty cool. Uh, they, he had unified his whole, <laughs> don't shake your fucking head at me, dog. They're super cool. Rogodorn is a thug. I'll, I'll refute your entire argument with one statement. Wall. <laughs> oh. Rogodorn's a meme. Iron Warriors. I'm just saying, dog, did the Imperial Palace fall? No, but did, uh, did the, most did... of the Imperial Fists die in the Iron Cage? Yeah, but where were they in the cage? In the cage? The middle. They got in. They broke the seat. Anyway, we'll have this. T- this is a, another one of those things. But uh, um, 
Rogaldorn. Some of the Primarchs were uh, like had unified their planet and like were in charge. Like yep. uh, uh, Rubute. Rubute Gilliman. Robert. Like had built an empire and like a multi-planet empire to like guide the people. And he was the leader. Like uh, Rogaldorn was the leader. Lion um, unified or beat. Yeah, the a Lion, Death World. <laughs> Lionel Johnson did so. So some of the Primarchs were like I think even Fulgrim was like in charge, like high rank in his planet. I, I just know with Fulgrim that like his people, a lot of them died. His legion when he first got yeah found and stuff like he saved I guess I a lot was going on. Yeah, I don't Some of the there. Primarchs though had it really fucking rough. Kurs, Conrad Kurs, uh, Angron, Angron. Mm. He was a slave and a gladiator. Mm, it's Mortarion. weird. It's like the ones that had a tough time growing up turn out to be the, the bad, bad guys. Ones. Yeah, it's funny how that works out, right? It's weird how parenting works. Yeah, because like Angron had big enough spankings. Probably yeah, didn't get none of discipline. But so, like, a lot of them, and, like, Mortarion um, was literally at the cusp of being defeated in yeah. a big battle, and the Emperor showed up and, like, saved him at the last minute. And then he got butthurt for being saved. Yeah, he, he, like, rather, he would have rather died fighting. So it's, like, Stupid. A, lot of the, a lot of the traitor Primarchs literally would have stayed loyal if the Emperor had told them he loved them once. That's all it took. I don't know. They all have daddy issues. Not Ingron. Hey, same. Ingron, as soon as he got <laughs> saved, was like, ah! You know what the Emperor could have done to help Angron? You know what he could have done? Let him die. No. Go down there himself and help them win. Oh, that definitely. Yeah. That too. I mean. But the emperor, he's a bit of a dick bag. Bad dad. <laughs> he's just... not a good dad. He may be the best leader humanity's like ever had, but he's a dog shit father. Okay. We don't, we can't comprehend the emperor. <laughs> he's a dog doing. shit father. He has some bad stuff, but like we are below mortals on that. He made some dumb decisions. So we can get into, we can get into some conspiracy <laughs> corner shit. <laughs> About like where I th- what <laughs> yeah first go where where my little boy in this brain can't handle well, that the emperor there, sucks. To be fair, there were a couple that were like I would argue were like out of his control. I think the Angron thing was a little bit of a misplay, um, but Angron had actual nails in his brain, so like didn't plan for that. Huh? I don't think the Emperor planned. Yeah, I didn't think one. he planned he'd have like brain screws. Yeah, like literally like shit in his oh. brain. So he wasn't he was different on launch. So, like, the Emperor probably showed him and was like, God damn, that's dark. And he's got like, anger dreads. Yeah, he's got... And they were, like, hooked to, like, electro spikes that come out of... It was fucking dark. Um, there was one more who I thought was... Oh. I don't think he really... I don't think Alpharius Omegon was a very planned encounter. Yeah, they think bumped that was, into well, each other. he on... Weren't they on Terra? Weren't mm. they the ones on Terra? This is very... Nebulous. It's so confusing. You're gonna, you're gonna, we're gonna toe in for, I swear, for just a second to the concept of the Alpha Legion, the 20th Legion of Space Marines. They are lies and shadow. Nothing you hear about them is true or false. Are they loyalists? Are Are they they good? Are they bad? Are they alive? Are they dead? How many are there? Are they you? Are they me? I don't fucking know. I am Alpharius. Yeah, I am Alpharius. If you say a code, like, it's some Cold War, like, sleeper cell stuff. No, it's like, it's like, you'll bump into someone, they'll be like, Hot dog, rainbow, kangaroo, forty-seven. They go, ugh! And now they're sleeping. Must agent. kill the president. Yeah. Kill <laughs> John Lennon. <laughs> you flip the switch, like. So, um, I will say, I do think there are some Primarch scenarios that were beyond what the Emperor expected. I don't think. I honestly don't think we found Rebute Gilliman that he he didn't expect this kid to own five hundred planets already. He had a good dad though. 
he had like a good oh, mortal dad. Yeah, they had mom. a good. Uh, their mortal parents actually played a big role in this mm-hmm. too. And like the emperor is like second fiddle dad for a lot of them. And so I, I do think there's a lot of gap there about how things turned out. But I do think in a couple instances, um, the way the emperor approached each of them would have really changed the outcome of the Horus Heresy. So it's a big theory craft environment, and that was one mega tangent. Mm-hmm. And Heath's uh, argument would probably be that the emperor planned this all to happen for something that's coming in the future. So. I mean, which is very possible. <laughs> I mean, duh, obviously, but there, yeah, there is also the conspiracy of that, like the emperor, like all of this is played out the way the emperor foresaw, and this is actually really interesting because it goes against a prophecy that Alpharius of the twentieth legion had seen, where that if um, the Horus Heresy plays out a certain way, humanity would be doomed. Yeah, and so they the were, cabal. yeah, they were. He was part of a secret cabal of many species working to prevent the end of the galaxy. Um, but it's possible that he was manipulated, which is the whole thing about like how that goes back and forth. It's like book six, seven, I think. It'll get there eventually. This also yeah. goes back to the fact that uh, everything written in Warhammer is hearsay. It's yeah. vaguely contentious yeah. all the time. Every writer books can make other books invalid because it's all from the perspective of some Joe Schmo yeah. in the Imperium, basically. And knowledge heard is all constantly these rumors. lost. Yeah, that's the um, worst part about the Imperium. It's like just write something down. Write it all down, that please. Isn't getting thrown away. Yeah, it's the best and worst part I think about this entire yeah. universe. As like outside the universe, like just looking into it because it's fun that anything and everything can change at any moment because yeah. anything can come up. Yeah. yeah, it is very convoluted, but. It's fun for the people who like to naysay the Emperor to be like, yeah, guy messed up a lot, and now look at him. But also the people who are like, oh, no, I think the Emperor's got this in the bag, dog. It's like, super technically, if you want to split hairs, he's alive, and he's probably the strongest he's ever been. Technically. If, you, if, you're, technically. if you're current on the books, you are correct. See? But we won't go into that. Yeah, we're not there yet. That is 10,000 years in the future. At, uh, I think it's like 12. Yeah, 12,000 12, years yeah. in the future. 12 plus? Yeah, that's a lot. But anyway, back to back to Lucius and Saul back on to murder. murder. With oh, uh, and uh, Horace just showed up. He was the best guy around. Who? What about the people he killed? What murders? What murders? What murder? Um, yeah, the back to it. Lucius using a bug arm, frowned upon, but cool. Um, Luton Wolves arrive at murder and are confused to have seen the Emperor's children ships because they didn't say. Yeah, what do you mean by using a bug arm? Uh, he used a mega arachnid arm that was cutting through his gauntlet as a weapon. Oh, so he just like so he ripped it off. Like, Let's yeah. go! Yeah, so he's, oh, okay. you know, and it, why not? Like, that thing's on par with power blades, essentially. So, I would use it too, but Empress children don't like, uh, the use of non-Imperium things, because the Emperor didn't make it. Um, but Luna Wolves arrived, they're confused because Empress children didn't really broadcast or, like, tell anybody. They tried to be in all secrety. Um, so the Luna Wolves are also just coming for the distress beacon of the Blood Angels. Yeah, but it like he, Horus loves Sanquinius as you should. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I need to rest or like help my brothers, kind of thing. Like we need to be there for him. So he's like, like balls to the wall. We got to get there. But he he's doing it out of the kindness of his heart and like love instead of Eidolon's uh, glory, being a little glory whore. Um. They go into some background knowledge. We can kind of skip some of that. Um, uh, when they show up, though, uh, the Loon Wolves, there's like satellites or beacons that are playing like this sound. 
And I swear I thought you were going to say smooth jazz. Essentially, I was just about I mean, to say it it's a sound children. But uh Yeah, it's like super they're like like this shit's really good. Slam poetry. Um but no, they show up and there's like this staticky broadcast and they're listening they're like oh, what the hell is this? And the horse was like it sounds like music. No way. Yeah, it sounds like music to them. And they're like we'll we'll, we'll look into it. But uh, you know they don't understand. It's some kind of alien it's uh, tech jazz. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which was funny that you said that. I was like, it, it <laughs> sort of is. Um, it's like they show psychic. up. So that's in the background. They're trying to figure out what this music is um, and who made these things. Uh, as we know, Blood Angels need help. Um, Fulgrim gave Ilon permission to go to this planet, but not to this nature. Um, it the planet didn't have storms, and it gives like a little bit of again um, knowledge of like what happened prior to the Empress or uh, Empress yeah Empress Childress showing up. Mm. There was like there wasn't any storms. Um, Blood Angels like dropped down there, and then all of a sudden like static and lightning and whatnot. So it kind of trapped them. Yeah, go to them in there. Unfortunately, um, like we said previously. They tried just like Stormhawks and like, you know, regular board or landing stuff. Didn't work, so they used drop pods. This is Emperor's Children. Because um, every other method was uh, ineffective. Um, it just more background knowledge. Boring, uh, sort of. For who? Background knowledge of what? Of just like what happened prior to everybody showing up. It's like, oh, oh like people died, up. whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, up. read the book if you want the little tiny details the and minutia. stuff. Yeah. Um, we eventually go back to uh, Saul fighting more bugs. Uh, like I said, this part is very action-y. There's a little bit of dialogue, but it's it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, especially from the last one. Uh, Saul fights more bugs. We use broad sword instead of um, guns because you can't really find a target in like the five seconds you have. Yeah, you just gotta really hope strike. you're holding out your sword where the bug's gonna <laughs> yeah. run. The, the little um, grubs stop moving and you start doing circles. You start whirlwinding as fast yeah. as you can yeah. to hope you catch one of them. Like chivalry, you just hit Q doing your power move nonstop and hope to God you hit something that is your teammate. Spin, swing, spin, mm-hmm. swing, spin, <laughs> yeah. swing. Um, fight more bugs. Uh, but, you know, this it's a nonstop fuel. Uh, of bugs coming in there. Um, they eventually find a break in the stalks. Oh, Ooh, nice. They get out of the grass. Uh, they find these giant, nasty s- trees. <laughs> Which um, So, like, for the layman, all trees are nasty. Can you explain? They're, like, I'm al- I'm allergic big. To, like, they look concrete-made. They got barbs on them. Wait, so wait, wait, look wait. Like, Concrete trees? They look concrete. Like, they're, like, a gray and whatnot, if I remember correctly. And, like... Bark like concrete? Barbs. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, barbs on them. They look smooth. They, I think they're kind of mushroomy looking. Um, yeah, they're like, that's kind of weird. So, like, wait, like, does a tree even fit the description, or is it just, like, the scale? I think they use it as a tree. If you're using these stalks as grass, then the the big mushroom daddies are trees. Trees. Sure, yeah. sure. Okay. So, it just it basically gives them a landmark, because they've been walking through darkness, being attacked by bugs for so long. They're like, oh my god, open field. Um, probably not a good omen, though. Uh, they fight a big mass of bugs, um, who eventually retreat. And they're like, oh, cool, we won. 
uh, second subspecies of bug comes. They have wings. Well, and shit. giant horns and stuff, and they just swoop in. Call back to uh, they fly now. Yeah, they uh, fly now. Yeah, they just <laughs> the the flyboys attack, and it, it could be it could be the uh, it could be tremors, tremors two or three. Wait, that's from Tremors? No, so the, the specific way I threw it out was from Star Wars, but there's yeah. one from Tremors where he's like, what the hell is that? And it jumps at them. They're like, it can fly now? And they're like, <laughs> you know, they, they redneck it, and they get, you know. So, yeah. I just... so they fly, and they're huge. Um, they pick up some of the Emperor's children. and Uh-oh. I mean, they kill others. Some of them die, whatever. Um, it's Warhammer. There's always death and whatever. There seems to be a never-ending supply of people. But uh, the the ones that picked them up uh, flew back over to these big nasty trees in the barb sticking out. They would, uh, <laughs> the bugs would take them and slam the starties onto the barbs, basically like a dinner plate. They oh, would throw them on there so they could eat them. Easier. Yeah, there's a bird That's that fun. does that. There's a real life bird that'll pick up little bugs and bees Stick and go on. to a thistle bush and shrammer them onto a thistle and then leave. <laughs> and the bugs just like. Uh, I'm doing like I'm doing like air gestures with my hands about like a bug dying on a tree, but uh, and they'll come back and eat them later. Hmm, once they died, yeah. Well, no, they'll come back when they're still alive. They just put them in there oh. for storage. Oh, that's nice. I thought you're like the bird didn't want to see the bug die, so it's like I gotta fly away. Oh, no, they'll they'll die here, me, buddy. I'll be back. They'll come back and eat them while they're still kicking and screaming. But, I'm just yeah. Like, they have uh, these dope horn like horns on their nose, sort of like they can crack open ceramite and whatnot. So you see like. It's terrifying. All these emperor's children are just like, not terrified again, but disgusted to see like their battle brothers just being picked apart like a kebab. Like literally yeah. picked apart. Yeah. So uh, that makes them a little bit angry. Um, but they also see some blood angels on those spikes. So they're like, hey, we found them. <laughs> Rescue success. Yeah, beam me back up. Mission accomplished. Um, and that's where it leaves off. They're like, oh, some of the armor's red. Burr, burr, burr. Um, <laughs> then you jump back to Loken finding, uh, and we left Loken feeling kind of, you know, self-conscious and confused about what happened. Uh, we jump back to him finding, uh, Cinnamon, um, which is a remembrancer from the first one, Jared. Uh, the guys, not remembrancer, sorry, that's wrong era. Um, Iterator. He's like the hype man for the Emperor, essentially. Uh, and this is Cinderman is the lead hype man. They're the ones that are sent to planets and like that just got decimated or conquered. And they're like, hey, we're sorry, we're, but we're kind of cool. Like, you should do what we say. We wouldn't want, you know, the space marines to come back kind of thing. Um, it's an overt threat. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. A lot so of passive like aggressiveness. Red Cross. <laughs> I don't, no comment. <laughs> I don't know how to go from there. <laughs> We're helping. Are you? We're a non-profit. Are you sure about that? <laughs> um, but we find him reading um, old comforting books in the library on the vengeful spirit. Because uh, Cinderman's kind of mentally uh, screwy right now, too. A little, little uh, upset, perhaps. Baseline about... human seeing what he saw. I mean, yeah. There are some people who I think could handle it better, but he's doing okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, especially for seeing the first demon of... You know, the, at the first recorded demon of the Empire, and just being like, yeah. holy shit. They talk some more. Um, Cinderman gives, because uh, he's Loken's tutor, um, gives him some books to read, one of them being the Chronicles of Ursh, which is just like old atrocities that happen on uh, Terra back in the, like, the old wars and whatnot. With the, uh, what are they called, like 
cyber. I can't remember what the old uh, during the old unification wars. The, oh, the, the men of iron. No, no, no he's talking. Oh. He's talking about the. Uh, he's talking about the. Uh, oh, like the tribes and the stuff. Techno barbarians. Techno barbarians. Oh. Yeah. Gotcha. It's it's like techno Viking essentially, but like more weapons. Techno Viking. <laughs> it's an old video. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking. I think I think I'd compare them more to like <laughs> Mad Max. Like you ever like you ever seen Demolition Man? Yeah. I think yeah. it's like that. Yeah. Like crazy. But it's just like it. There's Chronicles of Urish is like very exaggerated. The I think that's a 40k writer. It sounds like a lot of bloody wars and whatnot, and like a lot of hyperboles in it. Um, but it's it plays a little bit with the um, backstories and whatnot. Uh, Loken cleans up Jubal's room, which is the guy that turned into the demon, um, and comes across a coin, which he asks Nero his uh, basically first to explain, um, which his answer is he can't say. Um, but eventually, Loken forces out of him. It's a lodge token. And lodges, or warrior lodges in uh, the Heresy are a... It's a big no-no, right? Yeah and no. I mean, they eventually, you know, are the source of a lot of problems. But, but that's it, why they were a big no-no in the first place, yeah. right? So, can you describe a warrior lodge? A warrior lodge is, um, I think, the... Uh, Word berries were the first ones to adopt it, sorta, but it came from a moon of Davin, I believe, or the planet of Davin, one of them. But um, they had like this culture of like warriors coming together, not as rank, which is like, in theory, sounds like a good idea. People could come and talk freely with each other uh, without the, um, the restrictions, of, like, yeah, of like a captain like, yeah. talking to a line soldier. Like they could just talk freely, and they were able to. Um, basically see from like eye to eye it's a really good idea in my opinion but it it's a secret and whenever you start secrets like like you'll do stuff to keep it sometimes yeah i do like there's a there's a nod to this later where like well so so the warrior lodges are a way for like the rank the higher rank members to like communicate and get like honest and real feedback from the the ground what i'm picturing here is like a cop bar Kinda, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but nobody, there's nobody else at the bar. It just be that's what I mean, like a cops. speakeasy cop bar. And the, much. the bar is <laughs> yeah. like at the bottom of your ship. Oh, okay. Where like it's nothing but poop and. Well, it's like servitors. the bottom of the ship isn't like poo. It's like there's rats. Yeah, like, yeah, but it's like you know industrialized. But anyway, industrial so, poo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's a bit later where like the uh, the dark angels are approached by someone who's like, hey, I notice you guys don't have any warrior lodges in the dark angels. There's this whole thing about how the Dark Angels are super into secret societies already. <laughs> and they have this internal, yeah, <laughs> Illuminati yeah. triangle. It's like, yeah, warrior uh, tribe, whatever. That's too mainstream for us. We yeah. got our own secret shit. They actually, they do. They have a, a group with, so they have, they have this, like, this series of circles, they call them. And like, there's like the outermost, which is just like everybody in the Legion, like publicly, is just the outer circle. And there's like a step in, and it's like I forget what they they have words for it, but it's like the shadowed circle. And it's like if you if you're able to do certain things and you know certain things, you're in the cool kids club. But then there's also like the inner circle, mm-hmm. which is like only the most wise and forbidden knowledge people are in the inner circle. And even within the inner circle, there's even like a step up of like inside this circle, it's like 
the lion sits and like only his closest advisors and like most insane like commanders live there. And then in that circle, there's just the lion. Yeah, and then there's kind of just <laughs> the lion. This and, sounds like a. I don't know if you guys have seen the Big Bang Theory. No, not really. Uh, but Sheldon, he's like the eccentric, like super nerdy, like yeah. doesn't understand social cues. He goes off and tells oh, a bunch of yeah. people about like his sex life. And then he draws a diagram, and it's just like, so this is the stuff I can tell everyone. This is the stuff I just tell my <laughs> friends. This is the stuff I tell my girlfriend. And then this is the stuff that only I can know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. <laughs> Except uh, there's a bit where uh, one of the, I think it's actually one of the word bearers approaches the Dark Angels. And he's like, hey, boys, you guys need a warrior lodge. And he, he's talking to Luther, who's like a high-ranking guy. And he's the one who raised Lionel Johnson on this planet. And he goes, a warrior lodge? He describes it to me. He goes, ha, 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 ha. no thanks, casual Bambi, and goes back. Because <laughs> they have these like layers yeah, of yeah. secret society. And there's like, they have rites and rituals. And it's like really like, I kind of think of it as like a like, deep dive into like the craziest parts of like the Catholic Church. Mm. How yeah. like there's different ranks and like eventually you get yeah. to like the Pope. In like the. Um, um, Dark Angels like uh, origin stories and stuff too, there is a literal like circle they walk in their um, monastery as a representation yeah the level and there's like you know underground stuff and whatnot so that talking about like you know like the vatican or something like that it's a good representation because they they have to go through a lot of spiral staircases to go into the dark and meet up with candles and stuff and well this was written all mostly by by the the british who uh have a very specific disagreement with the Catholic Church. They do have a lot of history with the Catholic Church. The, the British Church, or the Church of England, is a, a breakaway of the Catholic faith, and they're kind of like, hmm. they don't get along. It's kind of fun. It's actually very interesting. We support both sides. Well, I, I'm Baptist. I say fucking both. <laughs> I, don't, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Surprisingly how problematic it is to, like, originate as Baptist. You're like, ah, it looks like a problem, but... Whoopsie. Um, so, the, but so, warrior lodging. Yep. Uh, which is perfect, because the next bullet point was explained. You basically that yourself. Um, but we should know the Emperor doesn't really like them no, too much, because they're kind that. of um, churchy. They're like, because, oh, this is... Because seen, issues. This is pagan-ish, guys. Like, we don't believe in that. We believe in science. Yeah, because the Emperor is trying to, like, get rid of... I'm saying it again. I'll say it every episode. He wants to push away superstition and, like, ritual and, like, all this stuff because he wants to bring humanity into a new age of, like... Enlightenment. Knowledge and, like, openly sharing information, like, being super, like, chummy. And uh, that's, like, the end utopia he wants to build. But meanwhile, everyone says, like, what if we had a secret club? He's like, knock that shit off. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, they don't. Stop it. Um, then Loken... Uh, in the first part, uh, Ignaz uh, Kartsky, uh, the poet that got beat up oh, for yeah, yeah. speaking nonsense. Fisty cuffs. Yeah, he pissed some guards off. Um, uh, Loken's remembrancer, um, Keeler, was like able to convince him to sponsor Ignaz so we didn't get sent back to Terra. That'd be <laughs> pretty disgraceful. So now uh, Loken has to read all of his uh, crap and reports back every like three days or whatever. Um, we figure out that Axeman is actually uh, part of the Lodges, too. And if you remember, Axeman's part of the Mournival. Uh, so that Loken wasn't expecting that at all. Axeman's pretty cool-headed, um, like a tactician-ish. 
Mm-hmm. But he pulls out his metal note and is like, oh, my God. Like, how many people are, are in this? Yeah. Um, and he invites uh, Loki to a meeting uh, to see what it's really about. Because, you know, it's just a lot of rumors and stuff, which... Um, is this like AA where you can just like drop <laughs> in and? Yeah, uh, I'm just I'm just here to witness. <laughs> it is I know no it's not like AA at all. I was trying <laughs> to make some similar uh, you know uh, tie in, but nobody's drunk. They can't get drunk unless mm-hmm. they're space wolves. Um, yeah, but then they're drinking I mean, like engine degreaser. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say you can specialized. Uh, then we jump back to murder. Uh, we're Soul finds the trees disrespectful and decides to blow them up. They take all the explosives they have, put at the base, and like, you know what? Fuck this tree. Wait, why Fuck. are they disrespectful? Because they oh, have uh, Astartes pinned to it. Oh, remember it's and the like, thorn tree at the oh, birds oh, are yeah. like sticking the guys on. Okay, it's a uh, not a graceful way for an Astartes to go out. Not a warrior's death. They're pinned there like trophies, and Astartes don't like disrespect. So they, uh, yeah, they explode it. They uh, put all their explosives on there, ex- destroy it, um, which with all the smoke and whatnot, lets, uh, it's like a beacon for the rest of the Emperor's children because they are currently separated on murder. And uh, the bang, the sound, the you know smoke. Wait, um, that's the other thing about those drop pods. They're not the most accurate. Yeah, everybody's split. Every side of the, uh, the uh, battleground they hit. Uh, so yeah, they actually uh, meet back together. Um, Unfortunately, uh, Solon Tarvitz, uh, or Sol Tarvitz and Lucius find Eidolon, and, um, who immediately yells at uh, Sol for using up all the explosives. He's like, oh, why would you do something so stupid? And Sol's over there holding his tongue like, oh, you know, who, who are you to talk about uh, stupid choices? Um, but Eidolon's pretty um, ignorant. He's never going to ex- uh, take the blame. Um, and the, uh, Eidolon sends Sol and them back up <laughs> to the tree. They're like, you know what? This is your punishment. You got to walk back up there, pass all the flyboys and find like, I guess, evidence of the, be- uh, blood angels, um, like armor and stuff to show that like they actually is- existed. So if they go back, if they make it back up to the ship, they can prove that like, okay, we looked for your blood angels, uh, Sanguinius, but they're all dead. Um, and on the way back, they see, like, construction bugs. <laughs> so, like, the, all these, like, subspecies guys is, like, hopping out, eating the tree, spitting more tree out, just, like, trying to rebuild it, which, hmm. like, it's just funny. They have, like, a subspecies for everything. There's ones, like, shovel hands and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, that's stupid. <laughs> um, no, it's like a worker ant, right? It's, like, they sound they sound kind of like a deranged something, some monster cross between, like, what, termites, ants, and bees. I was going to say between orcs and tyranids. They got oh. the buggish kind of thing, but orcs, you know, like they have multiple different like species Little and like uh, and yeah. squigs and stuff. Like there's a species of orc or the fungus that makes orc for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's construction bugs, then a bunch of bugs go and attack Eidlong. I wish they would kill him. Um <laughs> I like how you're super against Eidolon, but you're like, that Lucius guy's pretty cool. We're just like, I just fuck Lucius. It's like the fun back and Eidolon's forth. like that that shitty supervisor. He's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. your actual boss boss, but he's above you. He's going to take all the credit for your doing, um, but also <laughs> give you all the consequences. Like, mm-hmm. everything bad is your fault. Everything good is his fault. Yep. And his boss just, you know, believes him. And it's frustrating. 
Um, we've all had that guy. Or girl. Um, so, Lucius and Soul decide to fuck construction bugs up, because, you know, why not? They're there. Um, They're Xenos. They need to be purged. Right? Yeah. Gotta uh, purge. Any bug's a good bug to kill. So The only good bugs are dead yeah. bugs. <laughs> um, but it's cool. Uh, Lucius eventually gets the... <laughs> He gets a little sticky. They uh they hit him with some web. What do you fucking mean? The uh the construction bugs, somebody like spits the hot cement on him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, I I I wanted to say some stuff, but yeah. Uh, he gets stuck to the ground with this some bugs hot load. Uh <laughs> he's like, let me I out could spit hot cement. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's <laughs> not the most graceful um thing for a warrior like Lucius. Uh yeah, the um, he gets stuck, and um, you think they're gonna die because you know Saul can't get him out. But out of nowhere, the Luna Wolves show up. Nice. Yeah, the third group <laughs> shows up, and they're like, "Oh well, this should work." Um, and it is uh, Tarek uh, Torgadon, one mm-hmm. of the Mornimal, um, one of the oldest, if we remember correctly. Uh, he was like OG Mornival. Big boy, big sword, big, boy. big jokes. Um, yeah, shows up, you know, helps out the Empress children of the sticky situation. Uh, then, of course, cut to back to the ship because that's a you know good chapter point. Um, Little Wolf's landing on the Empress children's ship, and uh, uh, Horace gets all friendly and political with the. Um, Emperor's Children Command Force. And if we remember the Mornival's, uh, like, techniques, is Horace comes in friendly and hot when uh, is Mornival is supposed to be, like, just jerks. It's like good cop, bad cop, yeah. but politically. Yeah, where they, like, they reprimand people, but Horace is like, oh, guys, not so mean. But secretly, he hates their guts, too. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, they pop on there. They're asking a bunch of questions, trying to figure out. Um, uh, a lot of politics and... Super fun. Uh, Luna Wolves are able to see signs of life on the planet through the break in the storm. Um, conveniently, when the tree was busted. Bug life, though, right? Yeah. I mean, th- no. They see life like maybe Vox. And oh, oh some, like, like they're actually transmissions. Mm, yeah. yeah. Okay. But uh, after the tree went down, there was like a slight break in that storm localized to that area. So like, oh. we got to get down there now. And Turk's like, I'll do it. So they um, tree make storm. Yeah, it could be like a big uh, mushroom antenna or something like that. Hmm. Um, so yeah, they they shoot down there. Uh, we've already defined drop pods. We won't get into that again because <laughs> um, that's you know the only logical choice to go down there. Um, that's the only logical choice. Yeah, you know, they just jump out of the ship. Uh, then another cut to Loken going to his first lodge meeting. Uh, with Axeman, and he's super nervous about it, which is kind of, <laughs> I don't know, I love when uh, Stardis have, like, emotions besides, like, anger and stuff. Yeah. Like, he's like, uh, like, your first dance, or, like, yeah. going to high school for the first time. <laughs> like, he's got a, he's pocketing a knife and stuff, and he's like, I don't know if I would have liked this, and, like, what do I do? What and, if they don't like me? Yeah, like, do I have to stab everybody? And I mean, I, that's not the same thing we have to worry about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's, like, worried it's going to be, like, crazy. Yeah. I really like those humanizing moments I for love Space Marines. There's, love like, them. a really good one in uh, Hell's Reach. I'll, I'll bring it up every time we talk about You do this. like some Hell's Reach. I fucking love it. There's a bit where uh, um, Grimaldus is, like, uh, 
throughout the story, he's dealt with a couple moments of like you know personal uh, self doubt, which is rare for like a space marine chaplain. Mm-hmm. But he gets this part where he meets some sisters of battle and this old woman canoness, like it's her rank. She's like. Ah, you're different from your brothers. And he's like, uh, in his head, he's just like, oh my gosh, she found me out. She knows I'm a hack. She knows I'm a fraud. He's like freaking out. <laughs> and she's like, you outranked them. And he's, I made a dumb face. And he's like, oh, she's a dumb bitch. She's just, she doesn't know my inner turmoil. <laughs> and he's like, thank God. And he's like, whoo. He's like, he, for a second, he thought he was getting called out because she could like detect his like sadness. For reference, he's wearing a skull helmet. So it's like, you can't really see what he's doing. Yeah. You can't see how often he's, he's like, Freaking out, making yeah, frowning and crying in his helmet. That's also really funny. Like, pretty sure there's a couple times where Space Marines like crying, but they just turn the Vox off of their helmet. Just like <laughs> silently was, crying. Yeah. You, you hear a click, click from the box, and like, uh, sorry about that, guys. Brother, are you okay? Yeah. Allergies. Battle brother Tormac is sobbing in his suit again. <laughs> you like see, little, like the shuddering. And yeah, stuff. Little, little, little shoulder sobs. <laughs> She's like, oh, he's fucking fat beat up. Brother, this. why are you in the fetal position? <laughs> Rocking on the ground. It's, like, it's in the codex. <laughs> it's codex compliant. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, space marines do cry quite a bit. Yeah. It's, it'd be terrifying. Like, what is he crying about? <laughs> should I be war- Should I be crying? Uh, <laughs> what are you... Uh, what's wrong? Usually it's like the death of like, com- like close, close comrades, right? Like they... Or like just like... Sometimes like oh something so beautiful they cry and every time oh. you see a sanguineous everybody's like they weep of like yeah, of his simping. beauty and his radiance. But I like, would too, I do. I mean, I'd probably like fill my jorts. Yeah, I'm sanguineous, <laughs> bust fat nut. Oh, sanguine, and then pass out, die, <laughs> die from that, <laughs> black out from the high pressure nut. Stop looking at me. <laughs> I can't stop. Could you imagine if he floated down on his angelic wings God, and couldn't. caressed your face? He made Sanguinius made Rokel Dorn cry. God damn. Rogel Dorn. Again. Tears of like brotherly love. <laughs> yeah. Rogel Dorn is known for being a stoic bastard. Yeah. He's like The Wall. Yeah. Yeah, he is the wall, yeah. No emotions. Is there is there a Primark more stoic than Rogel Dorn? I feel like I think Alpharius maybe shows less. No, yeah, maybe well, show less emotion wise. He, he'll also like ham it up if he needs to. Yeah, you are. Right. There's a couple of meetings where he's just like, "What's up, guys?" Mm-hmm. And it's like, "You seem really chill." Damn people up. Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, we're <laughs> doing yeah, yeah, like hyping." And it's like, "Are you always like this?" And he's like, "No." He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> no. But yeah, Dorn is not so. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Loken's going back to his meetings. Um, Open the door with some secret passwords, and he sees a lot of people he respects. Like <laughs> Tarek's there, Nero's there, which is his like first command, Cetera, and uh, etc. All over the place, which you know he didn't know. He respected all these people, and he doesn't respect the lodge. He's like, fuck. <laughs> Damn the it, lodge guys. is pretty Come cool, on. actually. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm not supposed to like this. All my friends are <laughs> like, if my, all my friends oh. are doing it, I guess I'll do it. Um, getting peer pressured, <laughs> says the Warhammer players. <laughs> <laughs> um, we learn more about, I guess, what we've already talked about mm-hmm. the creation and whatnot. Uh, goes into the unification wars a little. We talked about the techno barbarians and like the hellscape of what Terra was. Just a lot of nukes and oh yeah, ocean receded. Pretty much, I think like there's like very little life left on the planet besides like air quote humans. Mm-hmm. Pretty bad time. Yeah. I, I wish they'd make more books about the Unification Wars than Thunder It'd be Warriors. Great. 
I would love uh, like a, a pre Great Crusade. Yeah, they uh, should have a whole series about the Unification War. I'd I'd read the shit yeah, out of that. They make too. like short stories every once in a while, like the yeah. uh, the Last Church or whatnot. Yeah, that's a, that's but such like, a good one. Nothing cool. Thunder Warriors are dope. That one wrestling match they had. Um, yeah, yeah. We're like, they're all these baseline humans are running over the cl- uh, hill. They're like, oh, we're gonna win, and then like all these uh, like pre Astartes um, superhumans come, and they're wearing like <laughs> their armor is described as like it's it's thick and bulky, but like free enough where they can grapple people. Yeah. So these dudes want to get close and like choke slam you, yeah. <laughs> like getting shots terrifying enough. If this dude wants to get within like punching range, it's and like- I'm just I'm myself. A 400 pound beefcake. And he's just like, let's wrestle. You're like, I don't want to yeah. do this. And he's just like. I got my my stick or my yeah. like shard of metal. And like, ah. Yeah, there's some really good. There's a couple of short stories out there about Thunder Warriors and about like what it was like to bump into these assholes. So like Thunder Warriors for all you guys are like proto space marines. The Emperor is like Earth Force. Mm-hmm. Crazy, methed up, steroid fueled. Like they don't have any, they don't have very many special organs like space marines. Like. Space Marines are often described as, like, the sword or the scalpel of the Emperor, like, deployed in, like, strategic and, like, big brain ways. And, like, guardsmen are, like, the hammer. These guys would have been, like, God, a, a big rusty knife. Like, yep. you bring like it. a club. Rip it in the like, parry. a barbed wire bat. Or, like, <laughs> yeah. a, a nail board. You're just, like, <laughs> it's not pretty. It's not elegant. I just need to get that guy dead. Thunder Warriors. And, like, how, like, Thunder Warriors often suffered from, it's, so, like, psychosis yeah because of like the way they were grown it was very painful there was very little in the way of like support for that and they still did have have like psychological indoctrination but it was crude it was bad yeah it was like just kill meth yeah they were like like, thy emperor they were like really crude brutal super soldiers and like they also had a they had a thing where like they kind of like there's this one really fun bit where they do this speech and the emperor's like telling like the emperor like there's this little bit where we're kind of in his head briefly He's like, I hate these because these guys are so fucking insane. And so he's getting up to stage and they talk about how there's like other humans like, you know, anointing their armor and like putting laurels on them. And like there's humans milling around in the crowd. The emperor like gets to the podium and he looks down and he's just like, or maybe it was like Malkador behind the emperor. Someone was just like, these fucking apes are going to go. They're going to do their shit in just a second. He's like, all these innocent people down here with them fucked. And he's like. And I think the emperor just goes to war, and they literally lose. Like you never, you ever see like a a, a troop of chimps lose their shit, where like they're all kind of like they're looking edgy, looking edgy. And one just goes, and they all just like, like now it's time to die, and they're just like pulling shit apart and like killing. I'm just imagining uh, Planet of the Apes, yeah. and Caesar makes some of his big speeches, and they're all just they're freaking the fuck out. Yeah. yeah, it's like that, and they just start like mutilating the people around them like they're fighting like each other they're like any mortal is just getting like hamburger meat dude they're just getting what's that part gotta say (laughs) yeah yeah it's just like they're all looking there he just goes to war and they just like go berserk and it's like the emperor knew he couldn't take these guys into the galaxy because they're like a he probably yeah they're a little unpolite like they're a bad (laughs) pr move every time it's like because, like, when the Emperor was fighting to reunify Earth, he wasn't, like, trying to save people. He's like, I'm putting these people down. Like, these other guys, he'd be like, join me or die with, like, a really specific, like, you'll probably die anyway kind of thing. Yeah. And then, like, when they'd obviously say, no way, I'm going to rule to Earth, he'd be like, clutch, barbarians. And, like, the Thunder Warriors just go in there and just, like, mass extinction people. Um, mm-hmm. So, obviously, not not a good space 
game to bring those yeah, guys. You're not crusading and trying to bring people back into the fold with uh, sociopaths. Yeah. yeah who, who do you think's more civilized, your average orc or your average thunder warrior? I'm not going to lie, but it might be the orc. I, I was, I was thinking it say, might be. Well, I, you meet some th- thunder warriors throughout the um, yeah. series, but like one or two, and they're like oddly calm sometimes. Yeah. Some of them, uh, like the commanders, are the ones who didn't have as much of a psycho. Like, they didn't become like insane. They're a little bit more like a little bit Norman. Norman, uh, who's the? I can't. My brain is made of mush. American Psycho. Oh, uh, Bateman. Yeah, 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 Bateman. And how he's like, they're like they're fucking crazy, and they're ready to commit heinous violence, but they're just like in a boardroom, like we're chill, we're good. Yeah. And it's like, are you though? Like, Why are you he's sweaty? Like, he's like, no, I'm about to lose my shit, but we're okay right now. It's like, oh, great. And so um, some of the Thunder Warriors do make it pretty far into the setting, but a lot of them, the Emperor's just like, these bitches got to go. Yeah. These guys got to go. And he killed them all. Killed most. Oh, yeah, he killed. I think it's like a 99% kill rate. Like, yeah. he swept house pretty But not good. all. And to do that, he was Space Reigns and Adeptus Custodius, which we'll get into eventually. Yeah, they're too oh, niche, man. Cool. Yeah, that's a whole... That's a can of worms. Yes, sir. Yes. Um. Oh, where were we? Yeah. Sorry. Back, sorry. I'm just trying to put my notes. Uh, <laughs> with the lodges, see all their homies. Describe, you know, where it came from. Um, Logan decides to stay, have a couple drinks, and like, you know, he's cool with it now, kind of thing. As long as they don't get too ritualistic. Okay. Uh, drinks they have. Wine. They have Coke. Yeah. A good, nice cold Pepsi. Yeah. A nice Bevis. They got blue Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it went. In M31, they got yeah, blue Pepsi. I mean, brought it back, baby. It's got rotten teeth. Dude, it's Crystal Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, 3D Doritos. Oh. They're living large. Um, but yeah, they leave, and it's another one of those moments when, like, it's they humanize the space brains when they leave. And this is things that, like, I've done growing up. Uh, Loken and Tarek leave, and, like, they're walking through the ship, and there's like a low hanging pipe, and they'll jump up and slap it and stuff. And <laughs> that like, yeah. is such a dude thing to do. Yeah. Mm. And then Next eventually, Tarek's like, Pop! Yeah. I, Tarek's, oh, go ahead. Well, the, um, I don't think you're jumping and slapping anything. No. <laughs> well, so here's the thing there's, there's a better version of that, and this is completely off tangent. We could probably cut this, but I want to say it anyways. Uh, in boating. Midwest lake culture, <laughs> you sometimes go under bridges. You gotta oh, yeah, touch the, the bridge. No, 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 no. You hold on. <laughs> what? As, oh, so you reach up and you grab it. You I have a, sh- I have a buddy who's like done that while the boat's moving under the bridge at like I don't know, like five, ten miles an hour. You just grab the bridge <laughs> and you just knock everything behind you <laughs> off the boat. Basically, as you're like pile driving through. <laughs> oh man. That would be a Midwest thing to There's do. There's definitely <laughs> something in like the, the human condition where we gotta just be like, boop. It's like, yeah. that it's, was the like mon- it's the monkey yeah. in this. I could touch that. I could grab it. I'm gonna grab it. I haven't jumped in three years, but I'm gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> my back. You do. You're just like, oh my knees. Yeah, we used to uh, growing up. Um, we had like a taller hallway, and it was all white, and there'd be dirty handprints. Yeah, on the, on the, <laughs> yeah on the, seeing how high you could get. And she'd be like, oh, I got to the very top. And I was like, bullshit. So I'd get like my three foot running start and just slap it. My shoulder would go back real far because I had too much momentum. But yeah, it's I think it's kind of funny that um, 
Loken and Tarek have that relationship. And yeah. It's mostly Tarek being like the goofy bastard that he is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he brags. He's like, yeah, there's a uh, there's a beam or something like ten meters higher down the road or down the halls. <laughs> I've touched that before. I swear to God. Ten <laughs> Loken's like beam. bet. <laughs> like I bet. doubt it. I'll get it. <laughs> Whatever. But uh, yeah, it just that's any point when they're humanized. I love. I, yeah. I I love the fighting and stuff. But like, I don't know. The Stardis being humans being, is being cool. Bros, it would be awesome dudes. if you could see them without war. Yeah. Like, this big boy's doing cool stuff. Uh, like, playing Blood Bowl or sports <laughs> or something like that. It would be uh, sick. They'd have to make a new league. You of course. Can't, you can't have Space Marines playing fucking American football with normies. <laughs> it's just like, boom! It's like, oh, that guy just got his chest caved and he's dead. Yeah, this is touch football and people are dying. <laughs> he ripped the flag off and <laughs> just, his femur. Yeah, go for the grab, dislocate his shoulder. It's like, jeez. It doesn't matter if you're helmet with the helmet contact. You're, you're going. You're down. dead. Then I don't think they have to worry about CTE in that league. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just mush brain. Um, oh, space rooms actually be really resilient in football with the CTE sy- syndrome. They'd be able to just like boop and just be okay. <laughs> you a little, sh- oh, little shake. You'd have to make the fields like five times as long too. I bet you. Yards. The, yeah. No, no, no. You keep it the same size. Now it's just hectic. Dude, the Brett Favre <laughs> of. Like Space Marines, dudes hucking that thing. Just I was I was gonna hundred miles it, per hour. Because I'm curious, like I, I tried to remember how we tried we tried to calc how fast a Space Marine can run, and like peak was like 45. But did we ever do how high a Space Marine can try to jump? Unassisted or with uh, power armor? No, I'm gonna say like I want to go back yeah, and they're gonna be naked, right? They're like they're wearing trousers, right? They're not hmm. wearing power armor. How high can a Space Marine frog hop? I don't know. It never really talks about like they I don't know. leap I much. Feel like it wouldn't be that high. They're so heavy. Right, but they they got muscle. You seen Shaq yeah, jump? But, what? Seen Shaq jump? Ah, uh, fair. <laughs> Space three hundred and forty pounds. Yeah. They squat. Yeah. Space Marines squat like crazy. They don't skip leg days. Oh, they got big, big vascular legs. <laughs> they could probably. I mean, I guess there's um, occurrences where like yeah, they'll break out of like a prison just wearing their briefs and beat the shit out of people. Yeah, and, like you happens. know, they can jump between like. Um, catwalks and whatever mm. i think they depending if they have a name or not they could probably jump pretty fucking high but you don't ever see it with unless they're wearing assault packs really yeah, yeah. they'll yeah. only really jump when they got the rockets on and board. even then that's not like a like it's not like a sustained jet pack for those it's a jump pack because yeah. they're too heavy yeah it launches yeah. <laughs> they, they, come they jump up and come right back down like, uh, controlled definitely explosion. i think definitely the power armor they're not jumping very high since, like, the power armor is, like, solid, like, what, uh, ceramite, steel, and, like, some pieces are, like, adamantium. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, yeah. they probably weigh, like, more than a truck. Yeah. I, so I, I would wager probably without, with power armor, no hoppy. But then without power armor, since they don't practice hoppy, they probably don't hop too good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess in this, he did jump quite a bit to hit it. And I think they're... 10 meters though dog do you believe that it, guy it might not have been 10 meters but like it was some exaggerated amount Tarek yeah. was talking about I mean, how tall are they like three meters maybe? yeah they push solidly up to three meters yeah so if you include like an arm length of like giving them about another a, meter about maybe? a little bit under one meter maybe yeah. and Tarek was the maybe tallest three, is that too much because that's three a three foot long arm does that sound right yeah I got three guess, foot long arm. Look at this kid. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I was just about to point. <laughs> Travis, Travis has got like, uh, yeah, he's got, got like, he's point. almost got a four foot wingspan. Dude, that guy's yeah. fucking got chimp hands. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm like, 
I don't know. I'm not. I'm sure. I'm, I know for a fact. Not all space marines have that. Some space marines are kind of like goblin mode. And they're not very big, <laughs> like bigger than me, but not like X Men's pretty short. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just like some space marines, like uh, Pius, one of the ultramarines. He's like uh, he's a ten and a half foot tall space marine. He's big. He's a, you know how you're like Abaddon's a big boy. Mm-hmm. This one heavy weapon devastator space marine. The ultramarines is like his name is Pius. It's really funny. But his name or he he's big. He had to get custom made armor to fit him because he's so big. Mm-hmm. And then you have Vulcan. And you got Vulcan who's like, yeah, he's hitting his head. I'm yeah, like, 20 yeah, feet tall. It's like fucking, supposedly it's fucking mutant. It's, yeah, it's complicated. Big, dark, scary daddy. <laughs> he comes. He, I think he appears different every time people see him and stuff like that. Just like the Emperor, he's like, oh, Vulcan has the he's like weird shape, shifty ish, but. Sort of. Maybe that's because his really. skin melts when he dies. <laughs> uh, well, that's the other thing is like I don't know if that's just when he dies he looks different every time. He's or... nothing but scar tissue. Oh, at this I was point. gonna say like he's pulling like a Doctor Who and he's like subtly changing. It could be. Yeah. I don't know if anything I've read really has his appearance changing all too much. But I mean, his be. general yeah. features are the same. Notably, like I, th- I think it's just his size is in contention. Mm-hmm. Well, because like. You got guardsmen describing it in myth. Like, right. he was a billion retold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was as tall as a house. It's like, oh. what? I mean, whose house? Yes. Not your house. He's 20 feet tall. You saw I mean, his parents' that's like, house for sure. Yeah, that's how. House size. It sucked to try to find a bed being that big. Like, <laughs> I imagine. Where am I going to sleep? I imagine for Vulcan, like, he probably, like, uh, just collects, like, a huge amount of, like, pillows. Just makes, like, a big nest out of them. Yeah. A just biggest like, beanbag how ever. How he fit through the bulkheads of his own ship? Oh, I think on his flagship, they made, like, they yeah. cut the doors are shaped like his body. Yeah, he they, crawls on his knees. They make <laughs> creepy, like. Well, because, <laughs> so, like, he doesn't go very anywhere. Then he, he doesn't, like, he's not going into, like, the bowels of the ship, right? Oh, sure, that's fair. Ideally, so, like, he usually, like, and you've seen, like, the bridges of, like, like. They're, they're like. Something. They're cathedrals. Yeah, 200 foot high ceiling in, in the bridge, and it's like. This is a lot of fucking wasted oxygen. What are you guys doing? But anyway, it's 40k, baby. Yeah, like the party. Uh, so yeah, they leave, um, and that's you know cut back to uh, Tarek pulling uh, Lucius out of the bug cement. <laughs> yeah, and then helping them fight off the horde. Rusty just... bug cement. <laughs> and of all the people too, Lucius, uh, he's pretty good looking. So maybe the bug gave him a little extra. Oh. Do they talk about what he looks like? Yeah, Lucius is beautiful, dude. Scarless. He doesn't lose. Huh. Saul's kind of like basic, you know, whatever, but Lucius is like... No, I'm like really... I'm interested in how Lucius is like a handsome, beautiful boy because like when I know him... Yeah, he's not. Yeah, because when I I met Lucius, it was an M41 and he was a piece of shit and he looks like if someone deep fried your ball sack then peeled the ball... the the, the fry (laughs) off the sack. He looks bad. He's special. Look him up, dude. Lucius I, the actually, Eternal. Yeah. You have a model of him? No, I wish. But, I have a model yeah, of him. Yeah, he, uh, he's described as like, because he doesn't lose any fights, so he doesn't have any scars. Yeah. So he's like, again, another Emperor's Children, just perfect. Oh, you have the printed? That's awesome. Um, but yeah, the uh, Tark helps him up, which is good, because I'd want that guy to get back on the fight, too. Yeah. Uh, In the fight off the horde, yada, yada, oh yada, <laughs> blood, guts, more bug cum. Um, then uh, Tarek, being like you know Mornival, he is co- like head command with the uh, Luna Wolves. He doesn't respect Eidolon. 
because you know he's a piece of shit and shouldn't be respected. <laughs> but uh, Tark gets in his face and he's like, "Oh, you prideful fuck! Like you, you did this. Like you're so stupid." And I'm like, "You can't talk to me like that. <laughs> I am Lord Commander. Like I don't give a fuck." And uh, spitting some hot oh, truth. Yeah, and he throws like the whole like, "Oh, well, my my dad's the War Master." Yeah, my dad's better than your uh, dad. He's like, "Fuck." Damn it. He's like, oh, I speak for Horus, and therefore I speak above you, bitch. That's prob- That's true. I mean, if if my dad was a war master, I'd probably you know be flexing too. That does give me the uh, the salmon jorts like lawyer son energy. Though. Yeah, and he's like, do you know who the fuck I am? I'm like, never in my life have I known who you are. Like, my dad's a lawyer. I'm like, nifty. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. My dad owns Microsoft. Yeah, throat like, punch. Sweet. That means he can afford ransom. <laughs> Wait, <what? laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, but That's eventually Tarek talks with uh, um, Saul Tarvitz. And they became buddies. Uh, he respects like everything about Soul, essentially, um, which is cool. I have all the buddies. I'd want Saul to be my buddy too. He'd definitely be invited to my birthday. Uh, finds out that um, Ilon told Tarek that the tree was. Uh... <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, Tarek finds out that uh, Saul was the one who actually destroyed the trees because Ilon. At first, who said it was a bad idea and stupid waste of explosives. Uh, once Tark and them were like, yeah, once the tree was destroyed, like the static went away for a little bit. And Elon's like, well, that was my idea. And, what, a, uh, what a fucking simple yeah, guy he's is, a dude. Douche. Um, but Tark finds out, thanks to um, some people in Saul's uh, group. It wasn't Saul, because Saul's like, whatever, he can have the glory. Like, I don't care I'm, as long as people are saved. He's just a good dude. But Humble, uh, yeah. yeah, once uh, his buddy's over there, like trying to hold his tongue, he's like, "I can't hold it anymore. Can I speak freely?" And uh, Tark's like, "Yeah, sure, sure, whatever you want." He's like, "Yeah, this was all uh, Saul's idea. Ilon's a fuck." And Tark's just like angry eyebrows. Uh, angry eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, I don't like you. I'm angry with you. Uh, but yeah, figures it out, and there's repercussions later. Uh, Do they involve backhanding? Oh, I fucking wish. <laughs> even though it'd probably be a pretty even fight, Eidolon, although he's a douche, is actually like very dangerous. Yeah, he's a pretty good fighter. He's got a giant hammer. I'm not sure if it's a you know power hammer or anything like that or whatever those ones are. Thunder I hammers. I think it's a power hammer. Yeah. Even if it's not a thunder hammer, a power weapon in general is pretty mm-hmm. dangerous. And the force and explosion whenever one of those bastards Playing, like, hits. The- Adamantian, the like the uh, the deatomizing field like mm-hmm. breaks away, breaks bonds. Yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. He does some work. So yeah, after uh, Edlong took all the credit, um, they decided to uh, actually do some shit. So the uh, Luna Wolves sent out their Terminators to follow said retreating bugs, and uh, the stalks weren't a problem anymore because the Terminators just scythe them all down either by gunfire or scythe work uh so the the hiding spot was demolished um and they just made it kind of methodical you know typical astartes that are in control work mm-hmm. uh marching like they own the place because they apparently do now um <laughs> this is imperialism yeah it's also yeah. it's funny how like a squad of termies really like fixes it and it's like why don't we start with this yeah 
all the time. Yeah. Just don't we need more of these guys. But during the heresy, it's like they're being made still. Oh, true, mm-hmm. true. It's like I just start with. They're the- relatively new though. Still, I, I think they oh, were. Yeah, uh, right. They talk about in the heresy like um, the Justarian and whatnot. Like, do they talk about what pattern they're wearing? If anybody would know, it'd be you. I have, what I have suspicions, but because like uh, typically they think cataphracty is like the oldest. Mm-hmm. But if you want to like dig deep into gross old uh, rogue trader lore from like <laughs> the eighties, um, there are actually I think two patterns right before. Hmm. Um, one tar- of them, huh? Are you talking about big shoulder pad one? Yeah, like the... mega pauldron Saturn. Oh Turbo yeah, Turbo. there's a cool video of those guys. Yeah, there's a couple, and they're like they're like. All pauldrons. And then there was one more that I don't know what it's called. Uh, Is it the cobra? Yeah, I call it cobra pattern. And some people call it like something else, like a tor, like something tortoise sounding. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, it looks Tortuga. like Tortuga, Tortuga pattern. pattern. And I, but I think it's, I would call it cobra because they got that flare um. cobra shoulders. They have much smaller pauldrons. Yeah. I think those look kind of neat. But um, I keep wanting to bring this up as well because like they talk about how like, I've heard people at like stores be like, you know, Terminator armor used to be like plasma reactor maintenance armor, and I'm like, that's like saying tanks are like tractors or like came from tractors, yeah. and it's like parts of tanks were demoed on tractors, like treads and big engines, but like really the development of a tank, the tank concept was kind of independent. Mm-hmm. And like first, some of the first tanks were built on the frame of a tractor because yeah. it's a heavy mover. And I mean, the also the name tank comes from you know tanks. literally just okay. slapping treads and stuff onto a a tank of something yeah and trying to use that as armor yep i mean i don't know yeah. but like it's like i don't know because nowadays if you were like oh yeah tanks are like descendant of tractors i'd be like shut up mm, uh, far yeah. away i guess <laughs> i don't know what tractors you're driving <laughs> yeah but uh i don't know i think it's interesting but like probably in this case the justarian i think are famous for wearing cataphracty armor okay if they're talking about how it's new, I would suspect they're in like, like the Mark One Cataphracty kit, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love that shit. I think that's the kind of the style that the Thousand Suns still. I think some of them use. are Tartarus. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I personally, my personal favorite armor is the Tartarus armor. I think it looks like slicker. Mm. And in... is that still normal helmets though, not the bulldog? Normal helmets. The bulldog helmet is exclusive to the Indominus pattern. I love. The I Indominus love the Indominus pattern. pattern. That's it's my favorite. Made favorite by um, Space Hulk. Yeah. Blood Angels were the first chapter to have Indominus armor. Old then, Space Hulk. I mean, Super fun game. Yeah. <laughs> you start, you die. <laughs> Thumbs down. <laughs> I, is there I something like, else to I do? I like that game, but uh, you missed every one of your shots. You're dead. It is it, so hard. I'm a Terminator, though. Doesn't matter. You're fighting the guy who punches through uh, adamantium yeah. with his knuckles. Mm-hmm. They're bred to kill. Um, but yeah, they mess up uh, all the bugs, atta- or bugs attack plans. They can't do their whole hit and run tactic, so bugs got to adapt. Are the bugs able to cut through the terminators at all? Um, they're not having any luck. That's wild. It, it is very one-sided right now. Like You, you had a spearhead of Luna Wolves pop down, led by one of the Mournivals and Terminators. So yeah, the bugs <laughs> just gotta get the fuck out. Time to go. Yeah, like we're we're up for killing, but not these guys. Um, 
bouncing back to the street T gym of uh, Loon Wolves, where um, there's some twins. I don't know if they're identical twins, but basically uh, two captains of the Loon Wolves, either in the or, and they're uh, just basically kind of talked about a little bit of backstory. We get a little bit of backstory of a uh, uh, Acton Cruz, um, who's the half herd. He's like this super old timey uh, uh, Luna Wolf, uh, one of the oldest, I believe. He thinks he should be the first or captain of the first, you know, but he's not as good as Abaddon. That's some pretty high standards. Abaddon's um, kind of a little bit of a freak, honestly. He is. So they treat him like just like that crazy uncle at Thanksgiving and shit. Like, okay, okay, like just listen to him rant. Yeah. <laughs> if we pay him attention, he'll talk more. So just you know. But more backstory on them. Um, nothing so we need to go over. <laughs> uh, more about the Chronicles of Ursh that we've already talked about, Thunder Warriors and the such. Um, there's some parts that kind of reflect on uh, Loken's situation with demons and the warp. They bring up, you know, actual demons and, you know, it piques Loken's interest because he's like, oh my God, something I can relate to. Um, but he still doesn't know, like, the whole. I guess the, all the craziness that's out there. He's only seen one thing. He still can't explain it very well. Um, it is kind of shitty. Uh, Loken goes uh, back to his room because he didn't get sent down to uh, murder. It was just the uh, Tarek for now. Um, he goes over his old war trophies with uh, just kind of looking over. He's thinking if he dies when people clean his room, like what are they going to find? And Space Marines don't really keep too many tokens. They don't really find anything like... At least some of the legions uh, don't really have any mementos, really, for individuals. Really trophies or anything? They like... do some, but it's not like it's anything people would know. They're very personal. Yeah, I think Space Wolves are probably the biggest, like, trophy takers. Like, they'll take mm-hmm. heads of shit they've killed back, and they'll take, like, weapons of people they've killed. And, very like, tribalistic. Yeah, they got a big tribal mentality. Very but Viking. He does have some cool shit. Uh, the coolest of which is uh, he fought an Eldar, and uh, they a warrior he respected as like you know equal, uh, at least on skill, not as you know they're still Xeno scum. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a piece of like fucking wire that he used to garrote <laughs> Eldar because he ran out of shit. So he just found trash and choked this little elf boy to death. I'm like, damn! Like, what a way to go as an Eldar. You call the monkey out. one second, the next he's choking uh, you out. Yeah, your job of the hut, and he's just <laughs> choking you <laughs> to death. But yeah, so he, he kind of does a little bit. He's a little fatalistic, going over like, oh, what would I would be remembered for and whatnot. Um, and then he goes through the uh, the picks that Keeler gave him. Uh, I think we touched on it earlier in the first uh, part, but um, Keeler sent him some photos of like. When he did the Oath of Moment and stuff before mm-hmm. they went to the Whisper Heads. And uh, he's going through the photos and he missed a file. And on said file, there wasn't just a big stash of porn. It was... Kind of a letdown. It was Jubal in <gasps> demon form. They have pictures of him? Yeah. And like he's looking at it and you... It's weird because he's looking at it, but you, you can't also see. It seems like it doesn't want to stay in focus, which mm-hmm. is weird that like a warp entity like can't even be caught on camera correctly and um i think he or she either like tries to clear it up a bit using their you know photoshop abilities 
But, uh, yeah, he's like, oh, shit, like, I need to talk to her about this. Um, he sneaks into the Remembrancer's area because, like, they gave a whole section of the ship to them. And they're just, I don't know how it's being allowed, but they're, like, defacing, like, Imperial insignias and shit on the walls. They're, like, painting over stuff. Uh, they're taking the gilding off the walls to make, like, poetry out of it and stuff. Mm. It's good the Space Marines don't hang out there because there'd be a lot of um, face punching if they did. Um, but he sneaks in to meet with Keeler. He goes over it uh, with her. Keeler's banging some dude when he arrives. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, do we need to talk about this? And she's like, no, 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 it's a it's a beast, Like I just like Abaddon said. And, uh, you know, you know, the Emperor will protect us. Emperor protects. And Logan's like, hmm. <laughs> okay. Whatever you say. Um, Logan leaves, and, uh, you know, he, she ends up pulling out a uh, some pamphlets and starts praying to the Emperor. Isn't so, that a no-no at this a point? It's a big no-no. Prayer. Yeah, but she through all that chaos, she found the emperor as like a way to <laughs> somewhat make sense mm-hmm. of it. Um, it's not so much he's like, I mean, he is a god to her, but like just how he protects is like the the big mm-hmm. thing. She's like, oh, you know, there's a grand plan and whatnot. And it's, it is uh, interesting, and it's it's fun that this is, I think, canonically one of the first like prayers to the emperor. I mean the. The word barriers of the guys like yeah, Logar wrote this book, so he imagined his homie said it. But like this is the with Keeler, this is the start of her yeah. story because Keeler blows up into being quite a big um, prolific worshiper. Yeah, she does some cool shit. But uh, hmm. it is interesting that like even in the midst of the Great Crusade, like at its peak, you know, like in that like there's lots of people found. They're doing the job, like. We're trying to get rid of, we collectively, the Space Marines and the Emperor, are trying mm-hmm. to s- stamp out faith functionally, or like faith in superstition. Mm-hmm. And yet, even here in the first novel, a human praised the Emperor. And it really kind of like leans back on that thing. Like, it's why there are warrior lodges, and why there are traditions, and why there are like these tokens and these things that everyone does is because humanity. At least I think this is like a big push in like the the franchise is like a concept that humanity always desires something bigger than themselves, something mm-hmm. better than them to look towards. And like, you know, obviously on Earth we're like chock full of religions right now, but like yes, in the forty first millennium after the, the you know, the fall, the age of strife, the dark age, like we've gotten to the point now where it's, there's not much left and like people are finding something. And when you got a guy who's called the Emperor and he wears golden winged eagle armor, holds a flaming sword and uh, commands the yeah. angels of death. It's One like, of his sons is an angel. Yeah, who with wings. Yeah. It's just like, oh, there's a lot of there's a lot of primordial drives there to like associate him with like a benevolent mm-hmm. deity, you know? Yeah. Especially Cha- for human for humans. Chaplains don't exist at this point, right? Not no, yet, sir. No. That'd be heresy. Well, at the moment, well, yeah. that does the whole point of chaplains, though, was to stop heresy. Yeah, <laughs> by creating it. <laughs> I mean, it changes the. the it's like um, they're going against the emperor's words to protect the emperor. <laughs> yup. It's like wait a sec. 
Makes sense. But definitely like the, the, the metamorphosis I think is one of the most interesting parts of the Horus heresy. It's fun. We're talking about it now, but like how like that drive for secularism leads to like functionally the most prolific religion humanity's ever had mm-hmm. in the, fa- in the franchise. And it's just like wild. Yeah, uh, and she kind of goes off on um, explaining, like, she understands, like, Emperor's reasoning for the Crusade and such. Uh, he prote- protects through the legions and the martial corps, the war machines of the Mechanicum, and he understands the dangers, the inconsistencies. He uses uh, you, as in, like, the Astartes, and all the instruments like him to protect us, the humans, from harm. Um and he he protects out of the physical bodies from like murder and damage, uh, and protects our minds from madness to protect our souls. So it's essentially like they're just the religion. A lot of it is the emperor is like the only reason why we're alive. Like they, that's how they attribute godhood to him, and it makes sense because it it kind of is. They're traveling all based on the emperor, like the you know his light that guides. Mm-hmm. Not the light that blinds, the light that guides. And like, the Astartes that he created protects. So, the Emperor is a pretty big-ass deal. <coughs> mm-hmm. And the fact that like, people see him and traveled with him and stuff. It'd be weird to be in a time where like, your gods exist. And they're like, walking amongst the yeah. people and like, fist fighting someone. Yeah. It's it's not like any skepticism. They're like, oh yeah, people have heard. It's like, no, no, no. People have seen. Yeah, he talks. We have like recordings. It's uh, yeah. It is interesting that like, but so like, there's a there's a there's a fun twist here because like, even while the emperor lives and breathes and is among the people, mm. they some will still turn against away from him and away from his light. And I'm just like, isn't that just the most like biblical i know thing. better than very, you like all yep. oh. very humanity yeah it's very it reminds me of uh the entire book of judges in the bible when yep. uh like every time like god would send a, a dude in the story to come like, and hey, like you guys are messing up yeah should, uh, this is a direct message to you yeah stop pretty much what noah's up. ark is huh isn't that pretty much what noah's ark is like hey guys god talked to me so there's a flood coming we should all get on my boat and they were just like you know fuck it. you dude yeah. what do you, you know crazy crazy. animal guy you like animals a little too much too much there yeah yeah it's You're funny a but very not similar hot. it's a concept that comes back over and over where and then judges it's like it's back to back like 30 things in a row where like like the noah's ark story like the 10 commandments like humanity or the hebrews in particular turn away like while this dude is who came with the message and the power is still alive and just yeah. trying to teach him and then like another guy has to come and rescue them from the new position they're in. Mm-hmm. And like in the Hebrew, in the old stuff, like the Hebrews would often get like, uh, kind of get a little too like close to like one of the other like tribe groups there that would then do bad shit to them because, mm-hmm. you know, really ancient uh, Crescent Fertile was like still a spicy time to be alive. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting because yeah. then, so like in the 30K timeline, the emperor is here. He's present, and yet there's still so much turmoil. Yeah, and people, I this is why like it's hard to be a loyalist. Everybody's like, "Well, he messed up. Like, why didn't?" It's like if everybody just did what they were <laughs> fo- supposed to fucking do, we'd be fine. Yeah, like he had a plan. Everybody's like, "But he didn't know." Like, how do you know? Like, how does somebody who like 
is 20 something years old or like even like a couple hundred years old know what this divine being is thinking who's a minimum who can comprehend of a thousand plus years old? yeah what this guy who's always been essentially like oh i understand no you don't theoretically yeah I, you I'd don't understand a, his plan i'd put at least i say oh i'm gonna give him some leeway i'm gonna say at least a thousand years yeah because i don't know there's some stuff before that which maybe his uh, earlier reincarnate or you yeah, know. yeah but like you know he's he has more experience than anyone alive yeah. I mean, he guaranteed. lived through the golden slash dark age yeah so he was there for it so like he's he, a he's medieval aware. shit too yeah and so the, but then like the, the the flip side to this is once the emperor you know uh gets his new chair mm-hmm. and like isn't among the people and isn't constantly present then they believe him and now now the cult <laughs> of him arises and like the, like the entire almost like it's like 90 percent of humanity is just like this guy knew what was up it's like not what he was telling you in the beginning but now that he's a a sleepy sit boy i won't go on my rant but yeah it's it's on that subject it's very much worth watching the emperor text-to-speech device uh (laughs) youtube series because the concept is they just some custodies fanboy of the emperor (laughs) gave the emperor the corpse that he is on his throne, a text-to-speech device so he could start talking again. He is it's not happy. Shit. He's about tilted the constantly. What the fuck? And then what the fucking shit is happening here? <laughs> but uh, why t- is there an entire ecclesiarchy? <laughs> why do you guys do these things? The Gasodis um, are super hot in that too. Yeah, you know, they have like really intense rippling bods. Yeah, they're like <laughs> glistening and Oiled dark skin. Up. You're like, oh shit, bodybuilders. But then there's uh so like in the flip side, it's like how how can like the emperor being around is such like an easy beacon for so many people to latch onto, right? But then also when he's gone, there's a lot of people latching onto that as well. But then at the same time, there's a lot of other people in the galaxy who then turn to the chaos gods and turn to evil because they're like, these guys are real for sure. Like they act and like their their like avatars act and like speak for them mm-hmm. like constantly. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's almost crazy that like. I don't know. It's like there's so many people who like turn away, you know, because there's people who are like the chaos gods. No, nah, pass. And it's just like, but like you can go see that guy. You can go to his house and be like, hey, what's up, Slanesh? And then things will happen. But you can go say you can visit. I mean, it, it is easier to access the chaos gods in a sense <laughs> than it is the emperor. Yeah. Just because it's just, they're everywhere. There's a lot of saints, though, in current day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of saints. A lot of miracles that, you know. And then, you know, the Primarchs that are coming back. Yep. That when they actually are seen. Yeah. But uh, I just think, even in, like, in 40K2, if you're going to pick a god, there's, like, if it's 4v1 and that one is still holding it's the still four back, yeah. it's, like, if they... He is. Yeah, it's, like... Yeah, but aren't the other four really... Also, like shit kicking each other, uh, and they're fighting each other. Other shit yeah. like the Eldar yeah. and well, orcs I mean, and like, I would say like the Empire is equally busy. You know, like yeah. they're yeah. dealing with like they're Tau. always on defense for the most part. Oh, not so much with the Dominus can say. They're but doing like, they're doing offense. They've had some now. pretty big, Black Templars are offense only. Con- Eternal Crusade. Yeah, yeah. Eternal. Like, <laughs> but so it's like it's Until interesting. I die. I do. I do think the discussion of faith in Warhammer is like one of like the like the key staples to it, mm. and like kind of like really digging into like why, what draws people to certain faiths and what repels people from certain faiths. Because like mm-hmm. there are fuckers in the the Warhammer universe who are like I don't believe in any gods, 
And it's like, that's wild. <laughs> One of the yeah. uh, Eternals believes in Jesus still. Yeah. He's like, I like Jesus. <laughs> like, who? They're like, you know, He's old. Jesus old guy. Christ, born in his, in Bethlehem. They're like, what a callback. Because like, yeah. that's like, cause that's so, like M, M0. <laughs> it's like, I, I like that guy. It's like, what a... Yeah. Fuck. Just we're, trying to be a nice guy. We're at M2. Yeah. Over here in the second millennium of mankind. Yeah, it's, I think that's funny. I think it's pretty funny. Uh, after, uh, and before the prayer, I forgot to mention that there's like, uh, there's a lot of foreshadowing. And uh, Keeler asks Loken about um, his loyalties and where they lie. Because they were made to protect mankind, but they also have like, an extreme loyalty to the Astartes himself. Mm-hmm. So it's like, when will your uh, loyalty to like the Astartes outweigh yours to mankind? When will you choose like your brothers over the people you were created to protect? Mm-hmm. Cause that's an issue. <laughs> if, if like shit hits the fan, are you going to be willing to turn on your brothers? Mm. And he's like, that's that'll some, never happen. That's a very okay. heavy foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah, Loka's answer is just like. What's the title of this novel? Uh, Horse Rising. Okay. There is some foreshadow hammer in here, dog. (laughs) I I love it. It, After reading the whole series and then going back, you're like, oh, it makes sense now. (laughs) Dan's just throwing foreshadowing out there like nothing. They were too stupid to (laughs) understand it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't read it. Doesn't catch the implications. Mm -hmm. Um, which makes the rereading it actually pretty enjoyable. For I've re- sure. read Horse Raising like four times now. Nice. And each time it's always just like, you'll catch something else. Um, after all the, uh, heresy happens, um, <laughs> it's still they get so approached. ironic calling yeah. it heresy because <laughs> yeah, like in just a little while, it's going to be the other way. Yeah, it's like, you what? get burned if you don't. Yep. But, uh, Sanguinius's flagship arrives. Oh. Holy shit. So now we got two Primarchs yeah, I didn't think in that the same place. That's that crazy. hasn't happened for a while. I mean, I guess Rogaldorn was in the ship too. Yeah, he he was there briefly. Yeah, it, it's it's rare to have like, you know, two Primarchs next to each other post um Crusade, I guess. They're like post um Olinar. Yeah. Uh when the Emperor went back. Because like they're, you know, spread out to whatever doing their jobs. Spot of space they're assigned. But uh, he comes back. Um, Loken uh, actually brings his point up to his uh, remembrancer, uh, Mercedes, about um, about the Olnar parade, and goes on like how awesome it was, and like the terraforming of Olnar, mm-hmm. basically making everything fucking flat. And they had like orc skulls. I don't know if we talked about it in episode one, but they had like orc skulls just burning on pikes, like. It's cool. The Emperor and all the Primarchs sat, and everybody marched by him for, like, hours. Yeah. But I think not all, but majority of the Primarchs were there in one place. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I wish they'd make some more books about that fight. (coughs) Well. Because it seemed pretty sick. Super tangentially, they kind of did. Future fights, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But no, the actual like original purging of Ulanor would have been a crazy series. Because tons of warlords, I think um, it was uh, Horus that came through and like decapitated the war boss and Uh whatnot and like just super cool, man. And that many, oh, that many Primarchs fighting together in the same place. Be sick. poor little green boys. Yeah. (laughs) It'd be like a WWE shit like, like, you know, the war boss is out there and you got like 
I don't know, the cons sitting outside the ropes and Vulcans like fighting the dude. Like you don't get a break. The orcs are so it's like a royal rumble. Yeah, <laughs> I know it'd be like uh. it'd be like when a wrestler gets out in the ring and like you know back in the day. Somebody's out there, like all the NWO comes running out and just chairs the shit out of whoever's oh, in the middle. Yeah, okay. it, it's there's not a fair fight. I mean, it it was because like, the orcs did some damage, but like you get more than one Primark together, yeah, you're fucked. It's like a heard like the art of jumping. Mm-hmm. Like you and the boys go find one one guy oh, yeah. and you all just fucking jump him. It's like the Primarchs just like you guys want to see some shit. Check this out. And like Stomping eighteen fucking Primarchs land are just like we're rolling you. It's like oh my gosh. Like, the it's, good expendables. Yeah, yeah. No, no Stallone, but like... No Stallone, but Lionel and Rebute. I think yeah, Lion and uh, Lehman Russ fighting together. It'd be like a weird clash of style. Yeah. It'd be kind of fun to watch. Um, but yeah, Sang- Sanguinius arrives. Um, they talk about the Ulnar Parade. Uh, Loken um, kind of goes on talking about like how each Primark is supposed to like embody... Uh, and they were made to embody a human emotion. And I've always kind of believed that before reading this, too. Or after reading this and not dissecting it. Because, like, they all seem to have, like, their own little Power Ranger-y thing to them. Like, why they're unique and shit. Yeah, they get, like, a color and, like, a theme. Yeah. Like, all sorts of good stuff. So, like, Angron's red and angry. Doran's solid and implacable. Magnus is veiled in mystery. And Sanguinius is perfect and charismatic i really like how one of your character traits for angron was red <laughs> uh, oh angron the red yeah red and angry baby but like the red angel it is yeah. cool to think about how each one of them um like has something they embody yeah and that like they're very niche and i i don't know why but i i love having like the units that are like specific for things yeah. i don't like all rounds cool and all like and the Luna Wolf's are like, oh, we're spearheads. Like, we're the best of everything. I'm like, I don't like that. I want you to be good at one thing, really. Yeah. Really. Specialization. Well. Yeah. I think uh, there's actually a little conspiracy corner bit about how when the Emperor uh, made the Primarchs, he actually used um, reflections of certain parts of who he is. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think, uh, I think, so Lionel being the first, I think Lionel is literally supposed to represent. Who the emperor originally saw himself as? ADHD. Well, I was gonna say uh, he saw him as like he saw himself as like a monster hunter, a noble oh. knight, a defender of humanity, yep. and the mm. lion is literally just that. That's pretty much his whole personality, right? And like you keep keep going and you get to some like sanguinous, and he's like he is beauty, he is grace, he is here to like be the best, and it's like <laughs> that's like how the emperor like negotiates with people as he turns his sanguinous mode on, and then you have like other primarchs like you have like conrad and it's like the willingness to like be brutal mm-hmm. and not like angron like violent but to be cruel and to be like twisted yep. to break it, someone severely yeah. punish the wrong yeah. yeah i think all the i think all the primarchs are in part of a, a reflection of who the emperor is and that actually kind of leads into a very interesting concept of um why two are now permanently missing and, like, what kind of character traits? His, like, kinks. <laughs> yeah. Primark number two is yeah, just the... Yeah, like, oh, no, no, we didn't hide this yeah. one. I busted out the fishnet and the gimp mask. He's like... Ugh! He's just a big foot Primark. Yeah. Like, oh, no. I'm in defeat, baby. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh. That's going to the deep but parts. what I was actually... I was kind of getting at, like, um, we don't... None of the Primarchs are necessarily, like, exclusively 
uh, they don't embody the emperor's pride. Like they are all prideful. The children? No, that's different. That's that's uh, a okay. the pursuit of betterment, the pursuit of perfection. I think they're pretty prideful. They become prideful because mm. of what they believe themselves to be, but we don't see truly. Because like, have you seen how the emperor dresses? You seen the emperor's armor dog? I've seen how he wants me to see him. Yeah. yeah. Word. Gold. <laughs> Golden, adorned, big, stony features, long, dark hair, a power claw the size of a fucking sedan. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> he he has an image and he's got a rep. And we don't see, I think, something that reflects that in the prime. Like, we see all the prime are like that, kind of. Dorns is kind of golden, isn't it? That's yellow. He's yellow. He's yellow. Yes. Yellow gold. Yeah. We need but a I'm, lady in here to tell us the. <laughs> yeah, to actually, like, name that. Yeah. yeah. Splice that. What down. color is that? But uh, the gimmick I'm kind of getting at is like that the the emperor probably one of the primarchs that are missing embodied his like pride or ambition, and he's like, oh fuck, like someone's like, what if I was in charge, Dad? He's like, you, you don't gotta... think that was Horus? Destroyed. No. no, I think Horus. So Horus was corrupted, right? I think Horus yeah. in the beginning, Horus was like, uh, we're gonna not maybe not go on that tangent because that's a. Uh... Pretty yeah, relevant cause... here. Oh, Booker two. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> e break. <laughs> I was gonna be like, <laughs> we don't need to tell him about that. Yeah, yet. we could probably like snip that section out. It's like Horace was cr- like cut me off like three words yeah. earlier. And yeah. Heath is just like <laughs> book two. <laughs> That's it. But anyway, I'll stop derailing. You can keep going. Uh, but yeah, it's, I I like that. Um, he the embodied emotions. I you could almost like if you wanted to. Embody like which mental illness each one of them embodies because like they do. Uh, the more lion books I read, I'm like that dude is socially awkward. Like He's, I, he misses some of them social the cues. cues, and he can only like he only can hyper focus on things. He isn't Gilliman where he like think of everything. Gilliman's He's, got that like wide spectrum OCD. Like it yeah. needs to work in order. It's functional, but um, Gilliman or not Gilliman, uh, lines like I, I'm gonna tunnel on this. Forget everything else. I'm going to forget, you know, no spoilers. Uh, forget <laughs> uh, anything else I should be concerned about. And so, I just want to hunt down this one guy. Are you saying, though, that an emo phase is mental illness? Because the Raven Guard exists. <laughs> they went through their goth phase. Yeah, yeah. It's not a phase, Dad. <laughs> hair flips constantly. I think he does have long black hair. Have you seen the Shrike he model? Does. Uh-uh. Dude's got emo Sasuke hair, oh, and he God. looks like he's about to. F- I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> he's so edgy, pale and everything. Yeah, that's funny. You just need to put like a, a trench coat on him. That's what I'm saying. Uh, They're like the Raven Guard are always one step away from just like, oh, what was that? Some band? edgy book or something yeah. in his bag. My Chemical Romance. Yeah, My Chemical <laughs> Romance. They got Edgar Allan Poe in their backpack. Yeah. They got yeah. Black on. I bring the Satanic Bible just cause. Just cause. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> anyway, sorry. It's funny. Um, so after that, and you know, I always like just to daydream about that kind of stuff. Uh, it's often stuff that helps I'm, me get to sleep. Yeah, and try to like assign myself a legion. I'm like, what legion would I be? In? Oh, that's horoscope a, test, dude. <laughs> horoscope. <laughs> I'm full of shitty puns. <laughs> hit the button, hit the button, yeah, hit the sad button. Hit the button, Luke. Horoscope. No, if I hit the button, we have to add, add an entire track to this. Uh, well, we have a button that goes. Da-dunch. 
Cool bits. Uh, Sanguinius and them. We got the Primarchs on murder now. Mm-hmm. Bugs are fucked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, as soon as Sanguinius pops up, the dude takes out Titans. There's no bug big enough to put that guy down. There might be. Oh, God. I, Is Horus I a don't bug? Know. He's, a, <laughs> he's a roach, kind of. Um, <laughs> oh, but yeah, shit. Saul ends up giving um, some of the... Artifacts, some of the uh, remains of the Blood Angels uh, that he found on the trees and such to Sanguinius. And Sanguinius is the the dad that the Emperor should have been. He knows all of his sons by name. He cries for him and stuff. The dude just like loves his people, yeah, and humans and mankind. And uh, he's getting all like emotional. He's like, uh, uh-uh. and like if you make Sanguinius cry over his people, like they're he's gonna switch to anger right afterwards, man. He'll shed a single tear for him. and He's going to introduce you to the people's elbow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. not from the top rope. He can fly. It's from the, the as high as he can get up in air to come back down on you. Yeah, those flying bugs are fucked. Like, <laughs> we can just fly. No. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, and it kind of goes off on uh, how close Horus and Sanguinius are. Uh, and this plays big parts of the rest of the heresy. But, um, Horus goes off like he's the closest to brothers. They've shared strategy. They've shared... Everything essentially, um, and they are a pretty good big force to be reckoned with, mm-hmm. uh, politically and uh, in warfare. Because, like, Horace is a good salesman, he'll be selling all the old used cars pretty well. And Sanguinius just like makes everybody love him, so a uh, cool team. And um, Mornival tries to or Mornival tries to convince Horace not to join the fight. Uh, but Horace is having none of that, uh, considering <laughs> like Why? this is a chance for him and his brother to fight again. To crank on someone? And he hasn't fought really since... Uh, Why when are they trying to talk him out of it? Because he's an asset now. They're like, oh, if you die, or if you get defeated, or if you get hurt, like we don't know what's going to happen. You are the War Master. Command us to do your bidding. Mm-hmm. And he's like, listen, I ain't no pussy. Like, I'm, I'm like, going in there. Yeah, I got this. And, uh... Yeah, so they, they do their campaign. It takes a bit. Um, but they just slap. They uh, It doesn't go too in-depth on it, but um, it'll eventually jump to Logan Taylor Mercedes about the feats of strength on murder. Um, all the crazy shit. They burned them out of the burrows. They took out all the big bugs. And more, more and more uh, of those big mushroom daddy trees. Uh, so like they eventually could get down heavy ordnance and tanks and stuff, and you can be fast as you want through the stalks of your you know forest, but if it all gets burnt down, <laughs> you have nowhere to hide, mm-hmm. and you know that little grubs give them away. I'm like oh shh, but uh, yeah, it it's silly. Not like it, they just did this to start with or something, but it can never be that easy. Um. Horace and uh, Sanguinius eventually talk, and like a, they have like a couple days of like rest and stuff because they were fighting for. I mean, Space Marines and Primar- or Primarchs can fight for days on end, but they eventually have like it'll catch up to them. Yeah, uh, they go to war room and talk, and Sanguinius is like the good angel on his shoulder and be like, "Hey, you need to like keep good terms with the brothers and stuff," and he kind of placates like the relationship a little bit. He'll tell other Primarchs like, "Hey, like." Respect Horus, like, but not that they actually. Some will listen, the more reasonable ones. 
mm, the Primarch's like Angron. <laughs> hey, not so much. It's just... it's a little hard for him with the nails. Yeah, it's his fault, but also not his fault. I think. <laughs> but um, if he had a better dad, yeah, yeah. If he had he, a better dad if he wasn't fucking. If somebody didn't launch them all out when they were babies. Oh, no, that ever gets brought up. Whole dadness. Yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> um, not yet, not yet. Yeah, we'll sometimes it's hard doing this when you you know most of the end too. What's the problem? Well, that's always been kind of the issue with Warhammer, though. Is yeah. like it's kind of told out of order, and like super technically, a lot of people will like know the end or like mm-hmm. vaguely like what the big points of it are. But I mean, it doesn't help when there's like. Some of the most iconic imagery of Warhammer is yeah the fight <laughs> like, the fight yeah. and the emperor on his throne mm-hmm. which kind of implies a lot old crispy daddy old crisp daddy um Sanguinius reminds uh, Horus that um, this is like the first I think we hear of it that uh, they want their names to be changed from the Luna Wolves and this is like the emperor wants so um. The Lune Wolves are recognized as the War Masters group. They want the name changed from Lune Wolves to Sons of Horus. And that's when we first get introduced to that name. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, it's weird that Sanguinius being like, like, hey, you should do this. So, like, the whole issue with, like, Edelon or Eidolon um, not respecting Tarek and, like, like, dude, I am the War Masters, like, dude, mm-hmm. I am that guy. I need that respect. Um, and changing their names of the Sun to Horus would potentially give them that. Hmm. And they'll change their colors and stuff, too. Um, and they're wrapping up murder. They're all doing good. And then uh, all of a sudden, they catch a, another ship on their auspects, mm-hmm. on their radar. And they don't know who it is. It's not Blood Angels. It's not Luna Wolves. And it's not Emperor's Children. It's something different and cool looking. Um, and uh, the ship pops up and the question it has, it's like, why didn't you listen to the beacons? Mm-hmm. And they're like, huh? They're like, yeah, all that music was warnings about this fucking planet. Like it's um, a different species of humans, a species of humans, a different ab humans. Yeah. A Do human they- that like captured these bugs and put them there. But all these satellites and beacons that are making this music was a warning like hey this is a planet full of super dangerous bug people or bug things like do not go on it but um yeah do they describe the vessel uh yeah i think i can reread it a little bit it is i think it's longer than uh longer and skinnier i believe than the imperial vessels Mm mm-hmm um, and they describe it as like super high tech look, and it's it, I I think it'd be more elegant too than the like blocky, um, almost cathedral architecture yeah. of like the empire. Yeah, I mean they make beautiful things, but like it's very like basic and harsh and brutalistic. Gothic. Yeah, very gothic. Yeah, whereas like this vessel might be closer to like an Eldari kind of like hmm. slickness like, to it. Star Trek, Star yeah. Trekky. Yeah, Star Trek. but that's where part two ends. Is when um, yeah. these boys just coming out of nowhere. I think they came through like under the radar too. So just like submarine alarms going off, and uh, yeah, 
part three. Be Next pretty cool. Time, huh? Be pretty cool. Uh, meet some cool boys. Some of my favorite, actually. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do, man. How's How's Horace and how the Lunar Wolves gonna handle these uh, new beings? Uh, these newcomers to the party, huh? Uh huh. They're gonna be any repercussions for Eidolon? Hopefully. Um, yes. Hope he gets what he deserves. Yeah, and if they're a subspecies, well, are they going to be something like, or not so abhuman? Are they going to be something viable that's going to uh, submit to the new, uh, not the new, but just like, you know, imperial codes? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I vote, I'm guessing, no. <laughs> that would be a safe vote. <laughs> uh, Jared, uh, through listening, did you have any questions? That we could potentially clear up for us or for the listeners. So it was two different stories. Like half of it was on murder, and then the, uh, that's where I got confused. Yeah, the jump. I tried to, okay. um, whenever I say jump to this or that, the, uh, the authors like to do a lot of breaks. So it's not just like all a murder oh, so it's at not once. Like tell the story and then yeah. tell the, it's, There's tell a the lot story of... part one, tell the story part one, and then tell first stories part two. I always find it's like. They'll give like some action, but then they'll pop off and give you like um, some like filler, but like background knowledge. You start to uh, be able to relate to the characters, mm-hmm. um, like most novels. Like they want you to uh, have some kind of emotional connection with the people that are the main characters, and you're not going to get that through just battle. Mm-hmm. Like you need to humanize these people, and um, it also throws like the. Uh, um, like background themes of like the religion and whatnot, because we wouldn't know nothing about the um, little higher or like the what were the, lodges. the lodges. We wouldn't yeah. know, and that's a thing to remember. Uh, wouldn't know about the lodges or like the um, and belief that the emperor is God, unless like these background events were happening. Yeah, because I guess it is if get it just kinda, told you the whole murder thing. You'd be like, okay, what are they even there yeah. for? I mean. Don't get me wrong, books on fights would be probably entertaining. Are cool. There are short stories like that. But at the same time, like I love the development of the Forty uh or the Warhammer universe mm-hmm. and like the complexity of it mm-hmm. is daunting, but also like um interesting enough to like make you want to pursue knowledge outside the book or read the next book to see what happens. Uh they do bounce around a lot. And we'll see through the heresy. Like once they start throwing in more legions, and it's not just like the Luna yeah. Wolves are worried about, where it's like keeping track of it can be for sure. And who's the author of this particular? Novel? Uh, Dan is the. He's also notorious for non non linear timelines. He loves to go back and forth and like kind of like really like kind of work work within the frame work within having the power to just skip around in time mm-hmm. and not really need to tell it in a linear way mm-hmm. but I, I think what makes it worse i mean it's good writing but it's, it's also writing. more confusing because he throws tons and tons and tons of characters at you that yeah you're fast like, gotta remember those yeah some of the books have like i totally forgot front. about like mercedes until you, that's why i was chuckling there for a second so i was like oh i totally forgot yeah, that she's there's the, a character uh, named mercedes in this whole thing the one with the big old peanut head what she's got the yeah, elongated, got elongated skull oh where she right, remembers yeah. stuff but yeah the uh in the front of the books the paperbacks they have like a listing of names and it's like two pages sometimes like how the hell <laughs> like keep flipping it back 
like a choose your adventure trying to figure out who yeah. we're talking about. This one again? But um, most of the time, um, if they're not really, I don't know. I, I try to like skip over a lot of the basic stuff, like the description of where the remembrancers hang out and like the weird debauchery that goes on there. It's just stuff to be glazed over for now. Read it, read the book, and learn about it. But is there any other questions? No, not really. Nothing. Are you at me? Do you uh, uh do you guys have any questions too? Non new listeners? Non me? Yeah. Nah. Grognard listener? Non uh I guess I don't want to say noob. I hate that. I mean guys who've been in the universe in the game for a while. Yeah, so like I really like the Horus Heresy and where we're going with it, and it's really good. Because, like, way back in the day when I started, there were no Horus Heresy novels. All the lo- the heresy felt, and, like, all the stuff pre that mm-hmm. was, like, high mythology that, like, only scholars even had, like, the, the faintest hint about. And I remember going to, like, game stores, and people would be like, oh, I've brought, like, my Black Legion Chaos Marines. And we'd go, ooh. And, like, you know, we'd be talking about Black Legion stuff, and they'd be like, and before before the heresy, they were called the Sons of Horus. And we're like, ah, oh, like, like <laughs> scholarly knowledge, like he, the Sons of Horus. And like, or like looking back and like seeing like the original diagrams of the old paints, like paint schemes. Mm-hmm. And like being like, oh, so Dark Angels used to be black, huh? And like there was just, it was so like the information was so sparse, but so like we knew it mattered. Because mm-hmm. like the, the whole universe is built off, like the, the empire is shaped permanently by the Horus heresy yeah. mm-hmm. and the actions of the people who we don't even know. And like a lot of us, like, I think there's that, that big mural esque picture this, I don't know if we want to keep this part in, but it's like that bit of Horus standing over Sanguinus. And then like, then there's the one with the emperor, like there, like mm-hmm. posing. And it's like, that has just been like an icon since like it's it, the eighties, the eighties, like rogue trader. Like yeah. that was the piece that was the, that was where a lot of this lore stemmed from. Yeah. Was, from a painting. Yeah. Where the hell, like, how would you know about Sanguinius back in the day? Cause like, I mean, like Dante and stuff wasn't a thing until recent, right? Mm, Dante's been around mm, for a bit. Has he? Yeah. he was one of the, so all the, all the space, the p- big space ring chapters got like a character oh. to like be their leader. And like Dante was there. Dante. And there was like Marnius Calgar for the ultramarines. Mm-hmm. You had, um, Darneth Lysander for the Imperial Fist. There's like a bunch of even some of the offshoot chapters, like the Crimson Fist had Perto, um, Pedro Cantor. He was pretty cool. So it's like we we kind of had ideas of like how big the heroes could be, but then when we when you ever spoke about like the Primarch, mm-hmm. that was like it'd be like, it'd be like um like a warrior cult referencing like Thor or something. Mm-hmm. That would be weird. Yeah, like. <sighs> Not having any Primarchs really be, and then reading the Harris Heresy, and like they're everywhere, they're yeah. all here, like yeah. they're hanging out. So it is interesting as well, like it's kind of an age of mythology, uh-huh. like yeah. the Heresy. I mean, like, yeah, it's like definitely as like a, an old timey player, <laughs> rolling my eyes at myself, but like it's really interesting to see how much has developed and mm-hmm. how fleshed out it's become, and like really, it's like so juicy. And like it kind of reminds me, remember like when Star Wars existed. Like the first, first, a new hope dropped in theaters. I'm not that old. I didn't see that shit in theaters. I didn't. The only I only saw the prequels and sequels in theaters. I'm not that old, but uh, people talk about it. And like I remember watching a new hope for the first time ever, 
and Obi-Wan Kenobi drops this, like, throwaway fucking one line. The Clone Wars. I fought with your father in the Clone Wars. He was the best pilot in the whole galaxy. And he's like, you knew my father? You fought with him? He goes, oh, yes. And he's like, you know, he was the greatest Jedi I had ever known. And he looks sad and looks forlorn and looks in the distance. And if only we fucking knew what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, how just all of the Clone Wars, the prequels, and how big that's become, like, yeah. in the lore. Like, there are people who, like... Yeah, George Lucas out here about to spend a billion dollars on that one line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Making movies and mm-hmm. shows. Shows and, and, and movies and books and comics and action figures. Oh, dude. So it's just, it's super interesting to kind of see, because, like, unlike Star Wars, where that was kind of almost like a throwaway line, it could have been anything. Like, they didn't even have to use it, you know what I mean? Mm. But in the Horus Heresy and in Warhammer... This has been like prophesied since the beginning, because mm. people mm. would be like, "Why are there chaos space marines?" And they go, "Oh, because Horus turned, he fell," and we'd be like, "What does that mean?" Yeah. And it was like it almost has the <laughs> same level of like, like draw or like significance as like the fall of Lucifer almost, because mm. there was a long time when like people would talk about Primarchs and stuff like they were like gods, and like if the Emperor was like you know, Zeus and like the Primarchs were the other gods of Olympus. Mm. And for one to fall to evil, to fall to the darkness was like big mm. and like uh, misunderstood. No one understood. It's just really going to recap all that real quick. It's really interesting to see the, how the much this has been fleshed out and how powerful it yeah. is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's weird where we start our, our different starts. Like I chronologically went through the Horus Heresy to start off mm-hmm. all of it. And now I'm caught up in 40 K on the main series, not all the... Yeah. It's interesting as well. Like, me and... Like, you and Luke, rather, are like... It's like you were... Well, I guess for me and Luke, we were kind of like our 40K, like, apothesis happened in 40K, mm-hmm. in the modern yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of have this, like... It's as, if, it's as if we were born before you, kind of. Because you, like, you're like, what is your first Warhammer well, dip? And it's Horus Heresy. No, I mean, add like another no. level of complication onto that though, because I'm more of like I think I know more about the War in Heaven era. Oh yeah, <laughs> shit than, than anything else, pre- right? Heresy. Uh, well, yeah, like millions, millions. of years before. See, the but my first uh, Warhammer book wasn't the Horus Heresy. It was 15 hours. It's a, a small book about uh, an orc planet. A guardsman accidentally lands on a farmer, basically a little farmer boy, got on the wrong ship. That's <laughs> uh, yeah, I read it in high school, uh, like freshman year. Found it at Fred Meyer's, and I did a book report on it. And I was like, "This is kind of cool," but I couldn't figure out what it was. Just said Black Library on the back, and I was like, "The hell's a Black Library? Yeah. Like, I want more of these books, but I don't know where to find this." I think we've talked about that book before. That's the one that's like 15 hours is the average lifespan of yeah, the Guardsmen. on that planet. Yeah. Like you land, Rough. you get less than a day. Yeah. You make it count. 15 hours. That's so, that'd be so fucking savage. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was fun, but yeah. Any other questions? Luke, do you have any questions? No, I don't think so. Uh, like I said, thanks, valued listeners. We really appreciate your time, and we're hoping you had a good time. This has been uh, Horus Rising Part 2. Stay stay tuned, stick around, listen in for part three coming up next. And uh, we also like to pitch our uh, other little bits, segments that will be coming up. Uh, equipment Corner, Theory Corner, and uh, what is it, Popularity Contest, See Who's Who. 
naming game. It'll be good. We got lots of neat stuff, and we hope to see you and hear you next time. Ciao. See ya. Bye. Bye.